Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty number 47. I am Chris. I'm Rich. I am the Iceman I made back. Yeah, you did it. Still alive. All right, number 47, I believe, Iceman, you already got this covered for us. Mr. Steven Atwater. Safety. I was going to say John Lynch. Ah, I'm retarded. It is John Lynch. Steven Atwater was 27. Oh, that's 20 shows ago, man. All right, uh, so where do we start? Well, I heard the NFL had a little function over the weekend. Hey, do I get half a credit because it was still a safety or no? For what? 47 and 27. Sure. I didn't know we were giving out credit. If you want it, sure, why not? <laughs> I get credit. But, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought up John Lynch. Talk about football. Uh, then the NFL, i NBA. The NFL draft was held. Uh, any surprises for you guys? A huge amount of surprises for me. The, the Chicago Bears give up three picks to move up from three to two to take yet another quarterback. And he's not even the best damn quarterback in the draft. You know, that, I, I mean, that's not Rich's theory, though, about Chicago, that Glennon is a placeholder. Glennon wasn't even a placeholder. How do you placehold it? $13 million. He's a placeholder for one season. They get their boy from the draft. They work with him. And, and hey, thanks for thanks for coming out, Mike Glennon. Good luck. Dude, Mitch True. Trubisky? Is that his Trubisky. name? Mitchell yeah. Trubisky? Dude, no. He's not even close to a starter. I mean, I'd say I trust the Chicago Bears 
organization's judgment, but they signed Mike Glennon. So, yeah, who the fuck is this man? And Jay I, I, think the fun, <laughs> I think the funniest part about that entire story was the uh, the story that came out the next day. Apparently, Mike Glennon was like upset and shocked that Chicago took a quarterback with their first pick, and it's like, did you think you had you found a new home? I mean, were you were you like shopping for you know a house along like Lakeshore Boulevard or some shit like that, dude? No, you weren't going to be there for more than one season. It, didn't they make that clear when they when they Every time someone questioned that signing, that they sent their people out to point out to the media that they can get out from under his contract after one season and not take the, and not take any cap hit. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, shouldn't, the, shouldn't, shouldn't the big clue for you have been that they can opt out after one season? Exactly. So I don't know if he's delusional or. Yeah, I, you know, I, I and or the Bears lied to him, or insinuated one thing was going to happen and then another thing happens. I don't know. It really, it, it honestly doesn't matter. I mean, I understand maybe some athletes don't pay attention to a lot of sports media because they just don't want to hear the bullshit. But I mean, fucking duh, dude. No one around him told him, "Hey, man, you know that this is a one-year deal, basically, right?" Like, you're one and done. You're looking for a new team next year. Yeah, but Rich, seriously, for $13 million, I'm sure the guy thought that he had come up from behind Jameis Winston to become a starter in this league. And and I'm pretty sure Chicago's still going to start him. I'm telling you, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky is not even close to ready. Well, I'm not saying they're going to start him. I'm just saying they got there, you know, they went and got who they're going to they're setting up for post Mike Lennon already, I guess is my point. Like Mike Lennon will play. I'm not saying he won't play. I'm just saying Chicago apparently sees their future, and it's not with Mike Lennon. But hey, they're probably like, hey, you need another season to cook, and then we'll make you the starter. Who knows? Or he could fucking go in and be shit, and then Chicago's fucked. But I, answer me I, this, though. Why in the offseason are you trading and getting and, and configuring and paying Mike Lennon, all this money, and then right before your, right before the second pick of the draft, you trade away three draft picks to move up one spot to get a, a mediocre quarterback. I mean, I, let's say whatever Mike Lennon is just a placeholder or whatever. Okay, but why are you paying him thirteen million dollars, and then why are you giving up three draft picks to move up one spot? To get the guy nobody wanted anyway. Because let's be honest, $13 million a season, it's pretty cheap nowadays. Dude, AP got like, what, three? He's a running back who's 32, man. There's market value it's for Mike, every position. It it's Mike ma- Lennon dude. a backup, dude. It, okay, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Does, you're not understanding what I'm saying, dude. They weren't going to sign someone who's going to fucking come into the starter role. Unless, okay, I, I guess Kaepernick. But then they had to guarantee him a starting position. That's about the only part, the only starting quarterback I can imagine they could have got for cheaper. But would he have would he have taken the terms, dude? We've explained it to you. You're either being willfully obtuse or you're intellectually dishonest at this point. They're paying him like that for one season so they can get out from his contract after the season. You I also think too, Chicago is maybe believing some of the the hype and the news that was coming out before the draft that. Uh, 
Cleveland wasn't going to go with Garrett. And I think they were maybe trying to hopefully to position himself to get him. And then they probably, fuck, that didn't work out. Shit, we still need a quarterback. Oh, uh, this guy. You I'm know, just I, saying, I, all I, kinds I, of I predict, I, I predict an article is going to come out probably in the offseason, maybe during the season. It's going to be like the article that was in Sports Illustrated in 2014 about the Houston Texans. Or not the Houston Texans, excuse me, the Houston Astros. Where they're going to, their, their management, everybody's going to come out and go, we're building for X amount of years in the future. Just so happened in that 2014 article, every, I believe it was the general manager that, that they interviewed that, that said this. He said, we're building to make a playoff run in 2017. And if you've noticed, Houston's steadily but surely since 2014 been getting better and better and better. And they, and they did moves that people were like, well, what, are they, what are they doing? It's not helping them right now. Well, they knew they didn't have a team right now to go to the playoffs with. And so they built for the future. I guarantee you whether now that's whether that's true in Chicago or they're just they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Either way, that's I guarantee you that's gonna be their fucking mantra when they fucking have a microphone stuck in their face and over the next couple months. I'm gonna go with the latter on that, Rich. I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing because I could have done a better job on that draft. Holy dog shit. I mean, trust me, I've been mystified since they signed Mike Glennon. Like really, all the free agent QBs this offseason, and that's who you went with? I said I'm I root for the rival in the division. I should be happy, but as a sports fan, this is just one move, and I've been pretty vocal about it, where I've just been scratching my head the entire time. Like, what the- hey, let me ask really? you a question, Chris. Have you ever seen the movie Any Given Sunday? Um, in pieces. Have I actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end? No. And I know as a football fan, that's on me. But well, I've seen it in chunks. In that movie, the quarterback is Willie Beeman, and... He says that they're going to use him to promote and get into the playoffs. Well, then he's going to use the team. What if, and this is all types of tinfoil hat, what if the uh, Chicago Bears are making Mike Lennon think that he's only there one year and that he's only, quote, a placeholder to get him to perform to his top-notch ability to shop himself around the league? but they're actually going to hang on to him. My first question to the Chicago Bears would be, on what basis have you made this decision, if that is how it goes down? A season and a half of being okay in Tampa Bay? And I'll add to that, if that's what they're doing, that's a risky fucking game. That's a risky game. I mean, because you are basically lying to the quarterback of your team. And if... It blows up in their face. That's what they're going to be known as every time they go to talk to a free agent. At least that crew that's in charge in Chicago right now. It's always going to be in the back of every free agent's mind. Is this a bunch of bullshit? I mean, look what they did to Mike Lennon. I'm not even a fucking quarterback. You know, I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a linebacker. Or I'm a safety. I'm not even that high profile of a player. I just, I don't know what the fuck's going on in, in, in Chicago. I think... I really, I honestly, truly believe they think they know what the fuck they're doing. But then again, we went through this in Detroit for almost a decade with Millen. Every time, every time a camera, every time a microphone was stuck in Millen's face, that man spoke with nothing but the utmost confidence about his plan and what he was going to do with this fucking team. And it was just, 
Give me some time. You'll see. Give me some time. You'll see. The infamous quote by our former governor, in four years, you're going to be blown away. He might as well have said that. I mean, hey, where I work, we have a saying. If you're saying I'm working on it, it means you're not. It, it's, a, it's a big old excuse to buy yourself some time. If you got time to talk, you, you ain't working. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, those, those cliches are nice when you're, you know, in a blue-collar environment. You want to call someone a fag without coming out and calling them a fag. But in reality, it doesn't work that way, dude. You have to build a team. Chicago got fucking tore down. They are fucking 11 years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. They are in outside yeah. of Green Bay, at least up until this last season, the most perceived, the weakest perceived division in the NFC. And, I mean, now it's it's, it's fairly, it, I think you can make a safe argument if you really wanted to, that they are in the weakest division in the NFC. And they still aren't, they, they, they're nowhere near ready to fucking be number two. I mean, is it... I foresee the, the it, as of right now, as of this recording, I see the NFC North going Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. That's how I think this season's going to end in the NFC North. And they're being, and if they're being honest with themselves and they're trying to build for the future, I, I mean, we can sit here and go, oh, well, if you say you're working on it, then that just means you're buying yourself time. Or if you're working, you ain't got time to talk. And if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. And if you shake it more than twice, that's pleasure. And we're not in that business and all this shit. But the truth is they can't, you can't just outside of, I guess, Bill Belichick in two seasons, put together a fucking Super Bowl team. I mean, every team has a window. And, I mean, can you honestly say their window's even been fucking cracked the last couple of years? No. I but I will say I, go ahead. this, just as all of us as Detroit fans, there is a point where I'm working on it wears thin. Like, dude, you've been working on it for seven years. It, you know, so. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, guess, see, I think. I guess we do, we do owe Chicago some time. But Lovey Smith a new was regime, a long fucking time ago. If you're a new regime and you're coming in and you say, case in point, like what we had with. Uh, uh, Caldwell, when he came into Detroit, his 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 rah rah speech to the media was, "Now is the time." Whoops, now isn't the time. So he obviously, you know, okay, so it's going to be a couple years here. It's a process. Deal with me. I'm all for that. New regime comes in, they replace coaches. They're, they 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 may implement a few new schemes in there. All right. What's your timetable that you tell me as the head coach? What are, what are you saying? I say three years. What are you saying as the GM? I say three years. You got three years. If it doesn't happen in three years, you both will be looking for new jobs. I mean, either that or there has to be every season forward progress. And I'm talking noticeable. I'm not talking going from eight and eight to nine and seven. I'm talking eight and eight, 10 and six, 12 and four with a playoff spot. If you don't go forward in that, them playoffs, you better make the playoffs and get to the next round in fucking next year's playoffs, et cetera. And, I mean, I, I, it's Chicago, guys. That team is – I can't see that team just sitting back and going, okay, well, we're okay being the fucking Dallas Cowboys since their last Super Bowl victory. We're just going to be a 500 team. I just, I just don't see them doing that. That's a Detroit move. That's a, I mean, I hate saying that's a Tampa Bay move. That's, that's also ran teams moves. Hey, we're happy to make the playoffs every couple of years. We're not, we're not thinking Super Bowl. So that's my take on it. I, I mean, I'm whether, whether they know what they're doing or not, that's up for debate. I kind of lean towards, I, I, I don't, I, I think, I think they're acting pretty reckless and pretty stupid. 
First yeah, of all, how, like do you, how, how do you trade to move up one spot for a player who's going to be there anyways? What bad intelligence did you get through your draft fucking, you know, ears and, and, and moles that he was going to be gone one spot later after San Francisco? That makes no sense. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, did someone win a radio contest in Chicago to be the GM for the Bears just because t- t- all of the moves in this offseason have just made me go, wow, at least we're not Chicago, which, as Lions fans, you can, how many times are we going to get to say that? <laughs> no, they have gonna... become, they become the very definition of what the fuck ends, man, seriously. Dude, if to to the NFL, to people outside of Detroit and Chicago, they has to look how Chicago has to look with them with their quarterback collection, how we looked in the mid in in, in the two thousands with our wide receiver collection. Like, okay, you got all these wide receivers, and half of them are made of glass. Well, they got all these quarterbacks. <laughs> they're not. They're not even going to fucking dress all of them. Come on now. What there was what three three or four on the roster before the draft? Who the fuck carries three four quarterbacks anymore? Most teams carry two quarterbacks. If their if their starter gets hurt, they sign the second backup and they put their backup in there. Maybe three, but four quarterbacks? It's like carrying three fullbacks. There's no need to. If your fullback gets hurt, you can go to the free agent pool. There's there's players waiting to be signed there. Same thing with quarterbacks. So I I don't I don't. I kind of think they're being reckless or playing fast and loose unless there's some sort of miracle draft day miracle like or, or uh, uh, movie miracle going to happen that we just all don't see. I don't get what they're doing. I understand what they did with Mike Glennon, but to have Trubinsky as, as a one-year student of Glennon and then he's going to go in and be a starter. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you, Earl. He, I, I don't. I don't think he's ready for that. Uh, that I, he's not even close, bro. That's what exactly. I'm saying. That move, the moves that they made before the draft and then at the draft just makes no sense. I get it. Rebuilding, placeholder, got it. But it makes no sense. I, I just, I can't see it. Any of it. You don't spend that much money on a guy and then trade up one spot for a guy that nobody even wanted. Chicago already playing for the draft before the season's even started. I mean, I I sent you guys that article months ago, but there's been more articles along the lines and it, you know, apparently in sports now it has its proper noun status, capital T, the capital P process. And the process is tanking to the point where you can trade to get as many draft picks and build a team completely from the ground up that way. And in the article I, I sent, I said, you know, you guys, for the listeners, the two teams that they use in, as an example in that article are the 76ers and the Colorado Avalanche. So, I mean, if that's what the Bears are doing, good fucking luck, man. Football is its own sport. It's got its own ecosystem. I don't think you can apply shit like tank in the season before the season starts to put yourself in a better position to, to, for, for the draft. I don't think that's going to work. It like it worked in the, in that article, as they pointed out for a few different other teams in the past. Cause I don't think any of the examples they used of it working out were an NFL team, which is ironic because the NFL doesn't even have a draft lottery. If they had a draft lottery. Then you tank at your own risk. So well, and, yeah. and good but, luck with I'm, your super understanding fan base, Chicago. 
that'll be it'll be a fun season for you. Yeah, yeah, you so forget. I, I think they forget they don't have two football teams in Chicago like they do baseball. So if the one foot that football team sucks, that whole city is going to be pissed off and wanting somebody's head. Speaking of, bye, Alex. Can we get? Oh, he, is he done in uh, Kansas City? Yeah, that's why they drafted Watson. Well, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Not Watson, before we, Mahomes. Before we start, before before your ADD kicks in and you start jumping all over fifteen different topics in five minutes, let's continue on the draft here. One story that got buried to me was 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 Miles Garrett's mama. Did you hear what happened with that shit the night no. the day before the draft? What do we got another Levar Ball situation? Uh, apparently, mama fucking rules the roost. Um, uh, Miles Garrett apparently in 2014, maybe 2015, deleted his Twitter account. Was like, hey, look, I I just don't need the hassle and the negativity and blah blah blah. And, you know, whatever. That's that's fair. There's a lot of bullshit out there on social media and in the internet. I I don't fault the guy for that. Well, apparently he didn't get rid of all of his social media because he was making a video in response to basically a few things Warren Sapp had to say. Anyone who is I guess pro Miles Garrett took it as he was insulting Miles Garrett. Anyone who is pretty much neutral kind of took it as sounds like he's trying to talk the Browns out of drafting Miles Garrett for whatever reason. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe as a fellow defensive player, he's like, you, you really want to go to the Browns just to go number one, dude? But anyways, he, he leveled some some criticism at the kid, right? So he gets on he gets on his his social media and he starts talking and. When he brings up uh, uh, Warren Sapp, his mom in the background goes, well, who's Warren Sapp? Is he even relevant anymore? And he starts cutting up and acting a clown over what she said. And I'm just like, wait a minute here. Well, I'll do respect, Miles. lady. Yeah. What the hell makes your mama relevant besides the fact that she laid on a table and grunted out a few kids? I'm sorry. I mean, are, we're to, he's, when, when they're talking football, who the fuck is his mother in the grand scheme of things in football? Exactly. And two, Miles Garrett, I know you can't hear me, so I'm talking to you rhetorically. You don't like Warren Sapp's talking shit about you? Get drafted number one like you did and go out on the field and fucking talk your shit that way. Like, why do you feel the need to respond to Warren Sapp? Warren Sapp is a professional sports commentator. Warren Sapp gets paid for the shit that comes out of his mouth. You should have just been like, whatever, I'm about to go number one and... Go prove it on the field in Cleveland. Like, I, just, I guess that's one thing that, uh, damn it. All right, 23 minutes before it starts. The, the, newer, the newer generation. Like, that's the one thing. Why do you feel the need to retort to everything publicly? Like, what happened to, all right, that's your opinion. Now I'll let my actions do my talking. What happened to that? Sorry. Or how, about, also, how about, go ahead, Earl. The, the comment that Warren Sapp made was stupid. He called him. He called him lazy. He said, "You got a kid here that maybe makes four plays a game in the backfield." I'm sitting there going, oh, "Well, dude, if you get one guy to make four plays in the backfield in a game, that's huge." I think Warren Sapp's point is he's good. He's, he's he wants a number one good. I think that that was Warren Sapp's point. Well, my 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 mind in all this is going. Why doesn't for just. I know this is an amazing way to think, but just for once, why don't one of these players, when they get criticized by someone who's been there, who was drafted and turned a 
perennial fucking loser of a franchise around to a Super Bowl winner and was there from start until the Super Bowl, why don't instead of fucking attacking them and attacking what they said, why don't he just fucking take the high road and go, well, you know what? Hey, look, you know, Warren Sapp's got a right to his opinion, and all I can do is hope that I get drafted. If I get drafted one number one overall by the Browns, that I go in there and I become one of the leaders on defense and help turn that team around, and we go win a Super Bowl just like he did in Tampa. Boom. It, it, Rich, it's the same reason that if somebody talks shit about you, you wouldn't take that high road. You wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Oh, am I sitting in the spotlight with millions of dollars riding on every word I say? No. There's a difference there. But and even if you were, yeah, like if dude, you were a member on, of a on, big on, band, and they were like, Rich, you're lazy, and you only know four chords, okay, and you only change four chords in a show, I could do your job. Dude, it, I, I guess, you would tear I, I, somebody apart. No, I wouldn't, dude. I'd go up on stage and be like, check this shit out. Okay, 40? No, I wouldn't. I can't. I can't uh, no, I don't. That's what I'm saying, dude. The, it, 20? Yeah, probably. 22? Yeah, probably. But and I would that's hope the age I would, of these kids. I would, hold on. Let me fucking finish. I would hope I'd have a fucking support group around me to go, hey, yo, man, come here for a sec. You know, first of all, you, you're the one that fucking deleted yourself off of social media. Now you're going to go back on there just to respond to Warren Sapp? That's kind of a bitch move. On top of it, if you go out there talking shit, you're only going to make the situation worse. You're only going to stir up bullshit. Because... I, Here's something that, that, that a lot of, I, I'm convinced a lot of these, this isn't just this generation. This is all players going into the NFL, going into, going into sports, starting their career in sports, period. They tend to forget their career will end one day, too. One day they will get on the field and not be able to do what they've been able to do their entire life. They're going to be physically unable to do it. And that's when all that shit you talked is going to get thrown back in your face. Because how many times have, have people, have sports fans and reporters waited, sometimes years, for a player to start to decline and then just fucking dogpile them because of all the shit he talked back in the day? And who, who does that end up hurting? That player, that player can't come back with a bunch of bullshit about, well, I won over number one overall and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but if you didn't do shit with your career and now you're fucking, your, your body's fucking giving out on you. What are you gonna do? You gonna go? You gonna go pick a fight like a little fucking child? You gonna throw? You gonna throw hands? Don't be Ryan Leaf. You gonna throw don't be hands Ryan Leaf over over a statement that that a, that a commentator said to you ten years prior? I mean, dude, some at twenty years old, I didn't have the support system, and people weren't depending on me like these people, like like these basically kids, young adults, if you really want to get down to it, have. And I mean, and second of all. For, it's not even what he said. What? Why he fucking released that fucking video, uploaded it, and posted it with his mom talking shit? Because I'm sorry, maybe maybe this is a cultural thing, all right. But I come from poor white trash, and in a lot of ways, poor white trash and ghetto folks are a lot alike. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know if his family is like po a poor family, a middle class family. But your mama talking shit for you don't exactly make you look like a big man. It kind of makes yeah. you look like a like a like a bitch ass bitch made mama's boy. That's where this situation lies. And just because sure. your instinct at forty years old is to attack like you're a fucking twenty year old with no goddamn common sense doesn't mean the rest of us are. You should have been like, Mom, shut up! I'm trying to talk shit. 
No, but I went through it too. I mean, same, it, trying to maybe, you know, compare experiences here. But I mean, I used to went through it when I used to have to hire people. Anyone whose mom or dad asked me for an application, I'd ask for their name. So when it came through, I could file that bitch. Because what, you going gonna to come work for him too? You come to the interview for him? Yeah, so I'll ask his mom. Oh, you going to take snaps for him? You can call plays for him? Shut up! The number one pick is overrated anyway. I mean, it really is. The greatest quarterback of all time. Well, yeah, 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 I knew it. I knew that was coming. I fucking knew that was coming. I was <laughs> say, okay, Brady lover. It's not, I'm not a Brady lover. If anything, I'm a Belichick lover. I digress. That being said, Brady was 199th pick. And nobody can argue that he's the greatest quarterback ever. I mean, dude, we could go through every draft of every sport. Or not every draft of every sport. We can go through every sport and pick out arguably the greatest players to ever play that sport. And I guarantee you a very small percentage of them went one. I mean, it's, 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 an, it's an overhyped position. The joke is every year leading up to the draft, they roll out top 10 draft busts, top 10 this, top 10 bust in the draft, top 10 screwed up drafts, top 10 wasted drafts, top 10... Dude, it happens every year. I mean, it, it, guys like Crosby going number one and actually living up to it is not as common as people think. I mean, that's, you know, case in point, name me, name me who went number one the year before Crosby and the year after Crosby. Exactly. You know, I mean, it, you... you uh, even if we can sit here and name all the number one drafts back to the year 2000, how many of them fucking actually went on and, and had the career that they were projected to have? Mario Williams? Where's he at? Yeah, well, I was just saying, funny you mention that. I have the last 10 years of draft picks right in front of me. 2007, Jamarcus Russell. We all know how yeah. that turned out. Yeah. 2008, Jake Long. Where is he? He retired, just retired this year, but, I mean, he did have... Did have a good career, but did he win anything? Nope. He only went to he went to the Pro Bowl in 08, 09, 2010, 2011, But yeah, I don't. I think Ooh, he, I, think, I, I think he had a career to be proud of. But that's just me. Oh, here we go. Two, we all know this one. Two thousand nine, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Jury's still out with, on him. With, I mean, I don't know how after almost a decade the jury's still out. But welcome to Detroit, folks. Yeah. Uh, two thousand ten, Sam Bradford. We don't know where he's going. His, his, well, I guess as long as, uh, what's his name, Bridgewater's injured in Minnesota, he'll be all right. But, I mean, he's definitely, his, the apex of Sam Bradford has passed. 11, we got Cam Newton. Uh, 12, we got Andrew Luck. 2013, Eric Fisher. Anybody? Bueller. Anybody? Bueller. Yeah. 2014, Jadavion Clowney. He's, he's lived up to his hype, I'd say. I mean, as far as, I mean, he's a, he's a beast. Uh, 2015, famous Jameis. I mean, la you could already argue last year's number one pick's already a bust. Jared Goff. So there you go. That's the last 10 years, everybody. All right. So the, th the three top greatest players in their sport. Tom Brady, drafted 199. Michael Jordan was drafted third. Mm -hmm. Two other teams did not pick Michael Jordan. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, not even drafted. He came up through WHL, though. That's, right. It was a different situation, but yeah. I, no, you, yeah. I mean, if so, you want to talk about one of, you want to talk about arguably the greatest defenseman of all time, Nick Lindstrom, he 
I don't think he was even a first round pick. Pavel Datsuk was a six, like a sixth round pick, seventh round pick. I mean, we're talking guys that you know, Hall of Fame easy locks. I mean, that's that's isn't that what good teams do? Good teams mind the draft for not the sexy draft picks, but for the draft picks that everyone overlooks, and they come and they come out and they go, "Holy shit." Look what they look what they, look at this diamond in the rough these guys found. I mean the joke the joke on draft day or not draft day but draft weekend I guess as stupid as that is. Um, I saw a bunch of memes that showed like Bill Belichick on the phone. It says Bill Belichick picking uh, uh, a Subway sandwich maker will be Super Bowl champion and MVP in two years. It's kind of it's kind of how it is, man. I mean, good a good eye for talent. You can pick it and spot it without having to have the number one overall pick. I, I agree with you. I think number one overall pick is pretty much overrated. I mean, I what was it, the 83 well, draft? I mean, if you look at that, I think it was the 83 draft where the, God, they had an embarrassment of riches with fucking, they had uh, Elway, Marino, um, oh, shit. I can't remember all the quarterbacks. But anyways, I mean, it's like it's the quarterback draft class. I, I on, on local sports news, they were talking about the Lions draft that year. The Lions passed up Marino and Elway to draft a fullback number one overall. Don't you think about that? Even in 83, what are you doing drafting a fullback in the first round over Dan Marino and John Elway? Might not have been Elway. Might have been another quarterback. But Oh, Kelly. It was it. Jim Kelly. I mean, seriously. Your son was Mr. Irrelevant this year? Oh, dude! When they did the live looking on him, and he was he was ass out asleep on the couch. I, dude, he got, I, I he got was, drafted. <laughs> dude, it was funny because it was like I think his girlfriend was sitting at the very end of the couch watching the TV. He was facing like he had his back to the TV asleep on the couch, and the rest of his family you can see in the background was in the dining room sitting at a table, not even paying attention to the TV. <laughs> like they already given up. We always call the last pick Mr. Irrelevant. At Lobby, we move that to the second-to-last pick because you always know the last pick's name. You never know the second-to-last pick's name. You can argue that that person's more Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> but hey, real, quick, real quick here, we talk about – I'm just going to run through them real quick. What a shit decade the 90s were for draft picks. How many of these people are going to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Over-under here, two, in my opinion. Uh, 90, you got Jeff George. 91, you got Russell Maryland. 92, you got Steve Emptman, E-M-T-M-A-N. 93, you got Drew Bledsoe. 94, Dan Wilkinson. 95, Kiana Carter. Uh, 96, Keyshawn Johnson. (laughs) Second player I've heard of, and the decade's almost over. Uh, Third player. Uh, 97, Orlando Pace. 98. Uh, Mr. Fivehead himself, Peyton Manning. 1998, Tim Couch. 2000, Courtney Brown. <laughs> Good job, 90s. Yeah, you got Keyshawn and obviously Peyton. Yeah, and yeah, t- t- 2000 to 2010, far more people will be making the Hall of Fame. But anyways, sorry. It, it's not just the first overall pick. It's any draft pick. I mean, it, it's a situational play. because, And we've talked about this all the time. If Tom Brady was on the Lions, would he be the greatest of all time? If Probably Matt not. Stafford was the quarterback of Dallas instead of Romo, how would that have worked? He'd you probably put have Barry behind Emmett's line. How would that have worked? 
So it's a situational thing. It's not just the the you know player and his potential and his skills. It's the position you put him in. Michael Jordan wasn't great until Phil Jackson came along and put him in a system that made him great and allowed him to do his his things. Yeah, because the the Bulls couldn't get over until they ditched Collins and they hired Phil Jackson. No, I too. And, and another thing I think people forget about is your ceiling. You know where your future. You know, do do they see longevity, long blah, longevity in you, or are you going to be some guy that you know some rookie sensation fires out in three years and then they're back to square one? I think they take that kind of shit into to, uh, account too. So Rich, yeah. when when Sergey Fedorov was on the Detroit Red Wings, he was phenomenal. You put him into the Russian Five, they couldn't be stopped. And then he got traded to what? The Kings? No, he uh, uh, went to Anaheim, then the Blue Jackets. Right, and he wasn't really mentioned much. No, I mean, so, dude, it's yes, there are systems that benefit certain types of players. That goes without a doubt. To me, a fool's errand is in the NFL draft with your if you have the first overall pick or or even a high first round pick. What you want to do is exactly what Chris said. And I mean, Grant, it's a fucking video game and I'm nowhere ever. I'm, I'm, I'm no fucking GM. But if ever I'm drafting in Madden and I have a high pick, I try to draft a player who is going to be there for a lot of seasons and is going to be solid at his position. I don't go for the sexy pick, the wide receiver, the running back, the quarterback. I'd rather take an offensive lineman. I'd rather take a defensive lineman, a defensive end, a linebacker, you know, because, and it just seems like those are the guys that tend to have the long, steady, good careers. I mean, quarterback is, is either such, it's, I'm really honestly shocked we're sitting here almost 10 years out from drafting Stafford and we're talking about the book still out on him because I think with, with about 80% of other franchises in this league, he'd already be considered a bust. And with the other 20, he'd have already won a ring. Just like we were playing the what-if game. If he was on Dallas, I think he'd have had a ring by now. But, I mean, you know, running backs? I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. To take a running back high these days? When the Jaguars took Fournette, I was like, whoa. Yeah, wow. fourth overall pick, right? Yeah, I was like... He better be as advertised. He better be Zeke part two. Because that's a high fucking draft pick to throw away on a running back these days. Well, he does you're come out of LSU, though. So, I mean, we, you if you're shoelace, you're going shit. Because, I mean, he was already number two. Well, we were talking, Chris and I were talking about this. I can't remember if it was on air or not. But quarterback or quarterbacks, running backs' careers are like when a cat gets sick. When a cat gets sick, you on, on Monday you go, my cat is sick. On Wednesday, you're burying the fucking thing. All right? The minute the, 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 the NFL starts seeing, oh, that running back's career is going down, yeah, he might, he might hang in there for two or three more seasons, get a couple paychecks. But very rarely do they have like a, a, late, a very late in their career renaissance where they come back and, and, and are even half the player they used to be. I mean, that is just such a high pick for such an expendable position. I mean, your average career in the NFL is three years. It's even shorter for running backs. And then there's the exception of Jerome Bettis. What the fuck, bus? It's because the motherfucker was built like a goddamn bus, dude. He's Seriously. Huge. 
It wasn't I mean, just a clever name. The, his, right? his thighs were like tree trunks. The the example I had for situational drafts and picks and sit, is, um, I mean, 85 Bears defense. Look at that defense for a minute. You had Mon- Mongo McMichaels, Richard Dent, The Fridge, all on the defensive line. And then y- y- you have one of the meanest just, I, I will kill you with my stare linebackers ever to play that game in Mike Singletary. And um, with that set, okay, they were unstoppable in 85. They just were. And that's the situation I'm talking about because we have those players today. You have J.J. Watt on the end, you know, DeMarcus Ware on the end. You know, you, you have the linebackers in the game today. They're just not with them. They were for a minute. DeMarcus Ware had um, a what's-his-nuts behind him. Does all the commercials. You guys know what I'm talking about. Javon Miller, is that his name? Sure. Uh, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing a blank, so. Yeah, I think it is. And they won the, they won the Super Bowl. So uh, it, um, uh, Baltimore Ravens, huge, huge situation with, with their – the way they packaged their team and the way they drafted Michael Orr coming in on, on, on the blind side, excuse the reference, but it was, you know, to protect the quarterback on, on offense, on defense, the defense was just stacked. No matter who got the ball, who caught it, who ran it, you were getting lit up. You weren't getting tackled. You weren't getting pushed out of bounds. You were getting lit the fuck up. Hey, speaking uh, of titles, yeah. I got a fun statistic for you guys. You want to take a guess in the last 20 years how many number one picks have super have won Super Bowls? One. Or how many Super Bowls are in the last edition? There are six, and four of them belong to somebody with the last name Manning. Yeah, I was going to say. That's why I was going to say four. <laughs> yeah, so oh, the last 20 years, number one 20? picks. Okay. Yes. last 21 years, number one picks, only six Super Bowl titles from number one picks, and yeah, four of them have gone to either Peyton or Eli. So uh, the, everybody uh, else, keep uh, dragging home. That's two. My my last situation is your beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense was stacked. You couldn't throw near Rondé Barber, and you damn sure couldn't run past Warren Sapp and his boys. And if you got past all of them. You were getting fucked up by John Lynch. I, it, yeah, it, but how so did they? Whitney, once again, how did they build that team? How did they build these teams? They took at least with Tampa. They took. They had Lynch when Sap got there, but the year they got Sap, they got Sap. They got Derek Brooks. All right, you had Shelton Quarles. I mean, you had. They built. They they took the non sexy picks and high picks. Do you know what I'm saying? They, they weren't grabbing quarterbacks, exactly running backs, wide receivers. You know, even cornerbacks is kind of a sexy pick. I mean, not so much then, but it is now because you get a lot of corners who, like, talk shit. But, I mean, you know, I remember when Jake Long was taken first overall, and people were like, okay, on to the second pick. Who's going second? And I'm like, dude, that's a safe, solid fucking pick. Barring just a freak accident, occurrence, whatever, on the field or off the field, he was going to – he had he ended up having the career he ended up having twelve solid years in the NFL as one of the best offensive linemen in the game. So I, I you know, I what well, I guess right, it right just there, bothers right me because I was you. watching the draft and that first round is big shit. Everybody's you know there. 
Everybody comes to get their jersey, and after that, like we were talking, Mr. Irrelevant, sleep at the freaking couch. And I'm saying, all of these picks, people just, if they're in the right situation at the right time, it's great. I don't care when you're picked, but a lot of things... A lot of statements are made in the draft, i.e. Chicago, moving up one spot, giving up three picks. Chicago statement was, duh. That was their statement this year. (laughs) But And that's what I was also alluding to with Kansas City and Alex Smith. I guess they want Alex Smith to go off into the sunset because they drafted, they traded up and drafted Patrick Mahomes. I'm kind of with that, shock. I've never bought Alex Smith as a legit quarterback. I mean, when you... You know, he's another guy, kind of kind of noticing a pattern here. Another quarterback that without Harbaugh, he ain't nothing. Alex Smith plays not to lose. He doesn't play to win. Yeah, he's, he's a game manager. He's, yeah, very he's a serviceable quarterback. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame guy? Fuck no. He is, he is, he is Trent Dilfer with the Ravens. I, I'm not going to win you the game, but I'll play not to lose you the game. Yeah. I mean, it, pretty much if you watch it at America's game, about the about the Ravens that year, when Dilfer came in and took over, he, they they had an offensive team meeting, and his exact words were, "We know who the best players are on offense, and I'm going to get them the ball, and we're going to let our defense stomp the shit out of everybody else. We don't need but 12 points a game with this defense. So best players are getting the ball. Everybody play your role and let the defense steamroll these motherfuckers, and we'll be sitting here at the end of the year holding up the Lombardi Trophy. That's exactly what happened." Which led to guys like me going, who the fuck is Trent Dilfer? <laughs> Dude, I, when Tampa won, I was like, Brad Johnson. Who's Matt Hasselbeck? I mean, uh, dude, the, the, the hype around other quarterbacks in Tampa Bay was constant. Brad Johnson come in. Here comes fucking uh, 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 Chucky come in to coach him. Boom, they won a Super Bowl. And I, even though I was up here in Michigan, I'm pretty sure if I was in Florida, I'd have looked at the other. As soon as everybody got to, you know, calm down for winning the Super Bowl, we'd have been like, did you fucking think Brad, did they were going to win with Brad Johnson? Fuck no, I think they were going to win with Brad Johnson. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's strange how shit works out, you know? Well, the draft also for me is an easy way to fire somebody. You know, you, you trade up, Chicago trades up, you tell Mike Lennon, get fucked. You're here for a year, you know. Kansas City trades up. Alex Smith, thanks for stopping by. Uh, the Houston Texans trade up. You done told Brock Osweiler, yeah, this is where you could have been. And we ain't missing you. It's like driving by with a new girlfriend in, in your passenger seat of a fancy car. Bye, bitch. I mean, that's where the draft hey, is gone. You, it's you not had a season, Brock. So much. You had a season. Right. Pretty it's much, not you, so much. You were exposed. That Denver defense was holding you up when you were covering for Mr. Sixhead. Yeah, and it's not so much as, you know, a whole bunch of uh, strategy and stuff. I just, those big moves and everything just show me that it's an easy way to give somebody the pink slip. Look here, you're looking like Ricky Vaughn in the fucking major league. You get a pink slip in your locker, bye-bye. Everybody knew that when they got Dak Prescott, Tony Romo was out. You know, so it just, to me, when I watch the draft, I want to see the moves that are made, who's not coming back next season with the team they were with the last season, whose days are numbered. That's why, to me, a lot of it was just, you know, for show. But Chicago, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. Well, for, I mean, 
I have no rooting interest in Chicago at all. Um, but all I will say is that if their their draft war room likes being in Chicago, I hope they know what they're doing for their own sake. I really do. As a because trade homer, I, I say, hey, keep that shit up, man. <laughs> I hear oh, you. Hey, uh, b- by the way, Mrs. Garrett, let me drop some facts of life on you. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. Warren Sapp <laughs> was a first ballot Hall of Famer in 2013. That's who the fuck Warren Sapp is. Yeah, but why? Oh, because his mama got on uh, social media and talked shit for him. That's why. We all know no, that. She's asking who is Warren Sapp. Famer. Why is it first, first ballot, ballot Hall of Famer? 2013. Why? Have you seen the man play football? I have very much so seen the man play football. So what's, well, I guess what's your argument against him not being a first ballot hall? I mean, it happened four years ago, so it's not going to be undone, but what's your what's your argument against him not I, being I just, a first ballot I, hall? I, I don't know if, I, for me, because I was a defensive tackle, I have a set expectations for certain people in that position. And Warren Sapp like, tried to live up to it, but to my standards, he didn't. He just didn't. Well, I mean, he was a big guy. He he was he was the next fridge, dude. He's a big guy that you couldn't move and run around. And God help you if you didn't get off the ball quick enough to stop him from moving forward. Because you damn sure aren't going to move him backwards because he was so fucking huge. I mean, he's got the numbers and he's got a title. I mean, isn't that pretty much what makes you a first ballot Hall of Famer? I mean, are we sitting here arguing whether he was deserved a first ballot or he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, period? That he deserved a first ballot. I just, I don't see him being a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think well, first ballot, I think of... <laughs> it happened. And I got it. But, yeah, but haven't, haven't we talked about this to we're all blue in the face that when it comes to first ballot Hall of Fame, it really, it really depends on... Popularity. Popularity, voters... Uh, the, the the athlete's attitude off the field will keep the it, it might their 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 attitude off the field might not make them a first ballot hall of famer but it'll definitely keep them off that first ballot as a hall of famer you know it's like the old cliche you can't lose a pennant in April or you can't win a pennant in April but you can lose one you know that type of shit I mean it's just it's it's sad but true I mean I'm in, I'm firmly in the camp of if 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 there's a hall of fame for sports media personalities then there's players that are first ballot Hall of Famers in every sport that will never be in that Hall of Fame. But it's not what it's for. It's for playing the sport. And a guy's personality, to me, it shouldn't even come up. It shouldn't even fucking matter. I mean, personality off the field is what I'm talking about. But that's just me. I mean, God forbid I actually look at the term football Hall of Fame and only judge him by his football play for the Hall of Fame. What an asshole am I? You know, I, I, I understand that. In Rich's eyes, a first ballot Hall of Famer should pay for his hookers every time. Pretty much. And, I mean, O.J. Simpson's in the Football Hall of Fame. He could also be in the fucking Getting Away with Murder Hall of Fame, but he deserves to be in the Football Hall of Fame, too. People, Well, he killed two people. Did he kill two people when he was running for fucking 2,000 yards? No. He was killing (laughs) O-lines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, that's, that's... that's a rabbit hole I'm not wanting to go down. I just wanted to point out a few a few other interesting picks from the first round, see if you what you guys had to say about them. Um, going complete homer here with a, a Michigan boy. Uh, Pepper's going 25th to the Browns. Ooh, that's where he went? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the Browns did real well in that draft. Sorry about your loss. Real well. well, hold on, because here's the thing. Didn't he have a? Well, I know he did. He had a either inconclusive or he had a diluted, diluted sample. Which see, in my experience, when you have a diluted sample that comes back as inconclusive. And if you're on probation or parole, they're either going to violate you or make you retest immediately. Because of a diluted sample usually means there's some sort of masking agent or you, or you drink something. too much water. Exactly. Like you did something insane like drink water. Now, I had a buddy who was on pr- probation for a, a charge that involved the type of charge where he was going to have to drop for part of his probation. When he wasn't on when he wasn't on probation, all this man drank was either water, milk, or beer. He never drinks pop. He never drinks juice. Nothing like that. So when you take beer out of the equation, what is he drinking? Water and milk. Well, who the fuck walks around with a goddamn gallon of milk all day drinking it? I mean, you're going to end up like uh, 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 Ron guy. Burgundy. It's so hot. Yeah, <laughs> milk was a bad choice. You know, I mean, so obviously he was drinking water all the time. Well, one of his piss tests come back inconclusive. He ended up doing fucking nine days over it. But the but the the official term was diluted. Well, there's it came back too clear. There's too much water in your system, so you're going to go to jail for being too hydrated. So I mean, I, I okay, you had a diluted test. Why didn't they retest him right there on the spot? But that's neither here nor there. They said that that was going to make him fall into the. Th- second possibly even the third round and here he went in the first and it's funny because chris you're like oh sorry about your luck you went to the browns and earl was like hey the browns did pretty good this year in the draft and it cracks me up because that's exactly the two camps that i'm hearing about him going to the him going to the browns it's either well hope he enjoyed being famous and and uh and 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 a playmaker in in the college because he's not going to do it in the pros on the Browns or people the are saying problem I have with the Browns picks is I think they got Kaiser. That's not the quarterback of the future. That's another one to add to your tally right there. Well, they drafted miles Garrett. So, I mean, that's yeah, but it was, I think it was pretty much a given that this wasn't a very quarterback fucking heavy draft class. And if you remember correctly, we, we all talked about this. The rumors coming out of Cleveland was that they're going to draft either O or defensive line and they're going to try to build their team that way instead of draft a quarterback and get them a bunch of weapons. So they pretty much did what all the rumors that we were hearing said they were going to do. Yeah. Cleveland messed up. Cleveland thought that nobody would take the quarterbacks as early as they went. That's why it got shocking. As soon as it's kicked off with Chicago, followed by the chiefs, followed by Texans, all trading up to take a quarterback in the first round. The Browns thought that the quarterback would be available at pick 12 and they got yanked out from under him by Chicago. Yeah, but wasn't it pretty much the thought was that Deshaun Watson was going to be the first quarterback taken from any by anybody, and he ended up falling to the, the Texans at, at twelve. Actually, uh, Patrick Mahomes should have been taken first, but out of the quarterback classes this year. I'm not asking what you think. I'm talking about what all the experts were saying. Well, we looked at all the mock drafts. Junior had. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, number one. Second was Watson. Third was uh, Mahomes. That's how Mel Kuyper had it. I mean, there was only three taken in the first round. I mean, that's it's not. I mean, like once again, it's not like it was packed with fucking first round quarterback talent. The, this it wasn't was not that, that it was draft. packed with it. It was the fact that people traded up for it. Like I said, that's a way of telling your your current quarterback. Yeah, pack your backs. 
Yeah, don't buy, don't get to <laughs> rent, don't buy. That's basically what they were saying. Yeah, put a sign on your house. You gotta go. <laughs> all right, so, so you don't have to leave, but you can't stay here. All right, so continuing the Homer theme, you got Jared Davis linebacker going to the Lions at twenty-one. Oh, please don't do that. I don't want to even think about this talk right now. Well, We're unfortunately, in it. we have it's to time have to face it. the music. I'm happy no, it's I, a linebacker. Can I say that and, and be done? I can't remember. I think I was. I think I was. I might have been working. I'm not sure. No, no, we were doing. Uh, we were doing unregimented Thursday night during the first round. That's what we were doing. But I, I, if I do remember correctly, I do remember seeing a uh, comment from Chris that that might have went SOL right after that pick by the Lions. I did. <laughs> so, That's correct. I'm, I'm taking it. You weren't impressed. No, no. I, I, I don't. I, I guess I've just stopped getting my hopes up. Maybe I've been melanized. J- Jared Davis was like it, he was like the sixth or seventh best available at the time. I was more mad that they passed on T.J. Watt, but his size is an issue. I get it. So pass on him. But what the fuckings? Why could you not take? Reuben Foster out of Alabama. Real quick, what what about TJ Watt size was an issue? You think he's over or undersized? No, under, he's undersized. He's way undersized six, for a linebacker. Six six four two fifty two. He's too small to be a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's not. He's 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 not what his brother is. Can I say that? He's not a freak of nature. There's no way James Harrison's taller or as tall as six four. I get. I, I, I would. I'm willing to bet James Harrison if he's he's he near two fifty two, but it's all solid muscle. James There's Harrison no is six feet. Four. He is six foot even two seventy five. That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, come on, man. Six four two fifty two. That's undersized. I mean, that's that's a fucking that's a that's a that's a fucking huge tight end, dude. I, that's the first I've heard he, uh, undersized. But okay. Just no, yeah, every time size. you're right. Every time I see the year James Harrison was born, I just look at my life and I'm like, "What? This guy's the same <laughs> age as me." I know, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm why officially... not take Reuben Foster out of Alabama? Why? I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Oh, you you want to take somebody from the best college football team this year? Okay, keep doing what you're doing, Lions. <laughs> not to mention Jared Davis was injured. Yeah, is it? Stop that's it. What, that's what that's what sticks out in my mind. Is this going to be another one of those infamous lion, high lions draft picks that spends half his career in the fucking in Med Bay, you know, getting cortisone shots? And we're told that he's, you know, oh, as soon as he heals up, though, he's going to be a yeah. beast out there. As soon as he's as soon as he's fully healthy, it's 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 on, guys. Two words for you, I told- Javid Best. I told my wife we're getting, we're going to pick a linebacker. I knew we were going to pick a linebacker because we re- we released, um, um, what's his name? I had it. Levy, DeAndre Levy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to replace him with a linebacker. And I'm sitting there. I'm scared as shit because we got like four picks left. Please, for the love of God, nobody pick Ruben Foster. And I, I'm looking at the teams before Detroit, and I'm like, they don't need a linebacker. They don't want a linebacker. They're in need of this. We got this. And then the team before the Lions picked, and it wasn't Ruben. I was like, we got it. 
Linebacker, here we come. And then they came out and said with the 21st pick, the Detroit Lions select. I was like, Ruben? And they said, Jared, I was like, no! Why? Why? Same old Lions, man. Same old Lions. So, I mean, so what do you guys think overall about the home team draft here real quick? A very heavy defense. Besides the first pick. No, the whole thing was very heavy defense. We picked a quarterback in, like, the sixth round. But up until that point, it was a very heavy defensive draft. I like the pick at corner. Uh, he's very fast. He's got some skills to develop, but I like that pick. Our second pick. I mean, I say SOL, but I do – I like where Quinn's head is at, I guess I should say. I just – I guess I wouldn't have picked some of the people he picked. But I don't have his job. I'm on the bet he knows more about football than me. So I'm just saying, Tease Traver, is a hell, he's we'll, a good, good corner. Guess we will wait and see. Uh, another, uh, another story out of the draft, and uh, probably after this we should move on because we're probably into at least <laughs> an hour plus here of draft talk. Yeah, but I, I'm, I just want to say real quick, I'm glad we did it mm-hmm. this way versus uh, how most people do it, which is, you know, constant non-talk speculation and blah, blah, blah about what's going to happen in the draft. And then the draft happens and all that talk and all that bullshit is completely out the window. That's how come I, I, I never pushed for us to hear and talk about it constantly beforehand because it's all it is, is moving air. The draft never goes how any, anybody predicts. So I'd rather just wait until the results <laughs> are in and then fucking talk about it. Yeah. Nobody well, saw really people have- trading up for fucking quarterbacks like that. I can tell you that. Exactly. We only have one show a week, too, all right? We got other shit to talk about, you know? We're, we're not trying to fill five days <laughs> worth of shows here, all right? We're not trying to kill any time. All right, we're trying to kill all of sports in one week. I do want to mention the 105th pick of this draft. His name is James Conner. He comes out of Pitt. The reason he's important is because this kid was diagnosed with cancer. And... He worked his ass off to get through chemotherapy, to beat his cancer, to work back into the team, to come into the draft, and he finally got selected at 105. That's that's will that very few people will ever understand. That's that he like Barry from the game. KC. What's that? That he would have played in his bowl game, Miles Garrett. I bet you he would have. Well, that's the other big thing is uh, – a homer for us, but the tight end dropped huge in this draft because he got hurt in the bowl game against the Seminoles. Well, uh, there you go. I mean, that's... And he that, came out and said he wouldn't change about. a thing. He said he wouldn't change a thing. He'd play in it if he, if he could today. Okay, well, whether or not he would change a thing, that goes back to when we were talking about players sitting out bowl games. The sad reality of this is that how many players actually raise their stock with a bowl game? It's a lot more risk for a very little chance at reward. If you get injured, you just fucking jacked your stock up. Now, an interesting thing that Butt did was he took out an insurance policy against himself falling. In sure the did. <laughs> sure did. So homeboy, That's, the the last I checked, smart. the last I checked, homeboy got a cool one hundred fifty thousand for falling as far as he did in a draft. Nope, he got was five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. See, the last I checked was 150, 
as yeah, he was he falling in the draft. All the way up to two million, depending on when he got picked, and he got picked, and it stopped at five hundred thousand dollars. So he got half a million dollars just to sit there and wait for his name to be called, and he don't have to do a damn thing, not one day of training camp, not one day of hazing to cash that check. Right. That okay. <laughs> I hate to say it, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's that's forward thinking and um, shit. That's a business mind right there. Michigan shit if I've ever heard it. My man already sounds too smart for the NFL. That's what I'm, what I'm saying is don't be surprised if in 25 years we hear him catching on as an executive somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's some business acumen right there, man. Well, no, that's somebody who knows that he has a shelf life. That's, that's a lot. That's something you don't see in players nowadays. Granted, they know they're getting into a, a business where they have an expiration date, but a lot of them, I think, choose to maybe like, hey, if I ignore it, it, it won't happen. Exactly. You know, a lot of guys don't think that this, hey, man, father time is undefeated. This ride will end. You are not going to be throwing for 1,000 yards a game or wait, rushing for 1,000 yards a game You know, when you're fucking 35. That shit ain't just going to happen. That ESPN 30 for 30 called broke almost every athlete at some point during that that was interviewed at some point during that that documentary said we all know there's going to come the day when we can't play anymore we just we if we think about that 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 affects our and this is especially the football players to this you can't think like that on the field because if you do you won't play the way you need to play out there and i'm paraphrasing what a lot of them said and i'm mixing it up all in one bowl and you know serving you the gumbo, but that was basically the gist of what every player said. And it, that's, what I, that's what I was getting at earlier. All these young guys coming in, guess what? When your career ends, they don't strike the set, and that's not the end of the NFL, okay? The NFL goes on with or without you. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And, and I think that's what part of the reason I don't get so caught up in the draft hype is that these are guys who haven't really done shit yet and they're being treated like, you know, red carpet royalty. And maybe that's just me being cynical, but I kind of got like, the fuck have you done, dude? You know what I'm saying? What, do you, what, what have you done for all this hoopla and hype and all these, and everybody be hanging on your every word? You haven't done a fucking thing yet. And if history's shown us anything, most likely the best you're going to hope for is to be a middle-of-the-pack player. There's a lot more bust than there are fucking guys who go out and, and come on like gangbusters. And then there's a lot more just middle-of-the-road guys who have that type of career than there are buster fucking guys who hit the big time. So, I don't know. It's just commentary on the draft. But you were saying something about another draft pick, Chris? Oh, just the the, the quote-unquote big, other big story that seems to be coming out of the draft here is Joe Mixon. Getting drafted by the Bengals. Apparently, do not give holy shit. Do not give a fuck. All right, this is the club that signed Pac-Man Jones and has still chosen to keep him after the shit that he went that's gone uh, that happened to him a little bit ago. Yeah, this is also the the team that what decade ago had Chris Henry on the team, who wide receiver. I think he ended up getting killed. I might be thinking I, I might have the name wrong, but. I remember he he had constant off the field issues with 
fighting and strip clubs and et cetera, et cetera. Which was funny because if I remember correctly, when they were telling that story back in the day, I was like, boy, if they can get him and Pac-Man on the same team, strip clubs would fucking either all the strippers would retire early or they'd shut down from fucking <laughs> all the violence that happens there. I know, right? <laughs> and and his brother, perfect. You know. And of course, the Cincinnati media. Oh, oh. You, I mean, you know the drill by now, right, guys? I mean, the, 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 let's see. From what I've been reading while we've been talking here, uh, a TV station has called the Bengals disgraceful. Uh, another TV station has told them enough is enough and fans, instead of buying Bengals tickets, should take their $50 and go give them to organizations uh, that help abused women. Okay. And it's time out. Here we go. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this. None of what you're saying, Chris, but I'm calling bullshit. Anybody fucking is, it's, it's, it's spouting this garbage. Here's the deal. If some guy would have fucked with him and he'd have knocked some guy out, like he did that chick, would there be this uproar? Nope. Okay. Now, if there is an uproar simply because she's a female, then these people who are all upset, I never want to hear any of them say that men and women are equal 100% every single way. Yeah, cause she because she is treating They're treating women as a protected fucking gender simply because they're women, which means well, that, they're, that they're saying that women are weaker than men. So the next time they, any of these idiots get out there and start spouting that we're equal 100%, they can shut the fuck up because they're hypocrites and they can eat a fucking bag of dicks and they need to fucking go somewhere and just fucking crawl up in a corner and die. Fuck them. I'm tired of this shit. I, I'm, I'm with you, Rich. It both ways. Except you see the tape? I watched she the video. She hit him first. It, it, she hit him it, first. It, it, yeah, but this isn't a Ray Rice backhand in an elevator and she fell and hit her head. This motherfucker straight up overhand right clocked her in the head. Broke well, four guess, bones in her face. Guess Don't what? punch Let a drunk person. Well, guess what? If you go out looking for violence, when violence finds you, don't cry about it. This is as 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 someone who is a father of a daughter. If my daughter had ever come to me and said, "Well, sh sh you know, sh if I get mad at a guy, should I hit him?" Not unless you expect to get hit back. But I'm a girl. It does not matter. You're a human being. Haven't you heard the news? Slide back and listen to it. We're all 100% equal in every single way. No my one's wife, better than anybody. My my wife watched the video during the draft and looked dead at me and said, she shouldn't have touched him then. Yeah. My wife said this. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and it's not even, too, I think it goes deeper than a woman hitting man and man hitting woman. Nine times out of ten, if you punch somebody who's been drinking, you're going to get punched back. Gender, regardless. This is the problem. Most, you, most drunk people's instinct is to hit back you have people who go out and they're looking for violence and violence is their first and only resort when they come run up against something they don't like and eventually if you do that enough your luck's going to run out and you're going to look run into someone who's walking around not only is violence their first and only resort but they got that fucking overhand right already cocked back waiting for you and when you run into those type people because i have I, I had a family member i had an uncle Mean little, tough little fucking redneck bastard. Had never been put down. 35 years old, walks into his neighborhood bar. There's a guy sitting at his seat that he usually sits at. Never saw the guy before. Guy never saw him before. He walks up all cocky. Hey, motherfucker, you're in my seat. Guy tries to politely apologize, get up and change seats. My uncle won't let it go. Guy says, dude, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was your seat. Let me go in peace. 
My uncle shoves him. Guy turns around, took out four top teeth and five bottom teeth with one punch. You're going to run into someone who's badder than you if you walk around thinking you're the baddest motherfucker on the planet. If you think I'm bullshitting, go ask Mike Tyson. Go read, go, go, go read and watch interviews with fucking Muhammad Ali. They all got their ass kicked eventually. This chick was walking around thinking somehow, for whatever reason, she... She pro- here's, here's my guess. If she's that quick to put her hands on another person, it wasn't the first time. So she's gotten away with it. Problem is, she didn't get away with it this time. And now she wants to cry victim? You want my sympathy, bitch? Look in the dictionary between shit and syphilis, and that's where my fucking sympathy lies for you. Beat your Lewis's ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, no, I'm, I'm with you, Rich. Like, especially in this day and age where everyone wants equal treatment. You know what? You hit somebody, you better be prepared. You, you send a fist flying one way, you better be prepared for a fist flying back the other way. Well, and I'm, just I'm, all of this grandstanding and this pious bullshit coming from the Cincinnati media. Ugh, I'm just done with it all. I'm done with it on this podcast. I'm done with it on Unregimented. Dude, I am done with everyone trying to shame everybody and trying to fix every person who has a fucking defect. All right? The, We're all the a bunch of is- assholes. The problem is, is that they don't ever go after an individual because we're so fucking entrenched in identity politics in the last 10 years. Nobody is an individual. Everybody represents some group. Now, if Joe Mixon had been assaulted by police, the group that he would represent would be black males who are assaulted by police. Oh, he'd have been number one. He'd have been a hero. But because 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 some woman because some woman hit him and he hit her back, he the group he is now lumped in with is male abusers of females. Okay, this is the problem with groupthink and and identity politics. No one is an individual. No one is an individual. Oh, if he was a white straight male who hit a woman like this, he'd have never been drafted. He'd been black blacklisted from the NFL. I guarantee you. Oh, he'd have been kicked out. He- Bob Stoops would have given him a second chance. Exactly. All right. And that's just because that, that has nothing to do with him being white and what, or, or black and what he did. That has to do with the people and their fake Twitter outrage because they would have not let up on him for it. See, people hey, will Rich. hear you say, oh, because he's what? Hold on. Let me finish. People will say, oh, because he's white, he'd have been out of the NFL. That's not why. The NFL, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think the NFL gives a fuck if their players are out there fucking mainlining fucking Jack Daniels and killing hookers as long as they keep it out of the fucking papers and it doesn't affect the shield. Once it starts to affect the shield and their bottom line, then that's a problem for them. So then and only then do they fucking move in a disciplinary action. The truth is, is it's the people that are sitting here crying about it up on Mount Pius who I want to ask him, can they see the top of Everest on that cross they're on? Because everybody has a Jesus complex because everybody's suffering for everybody else's sins apparently these days. But I just want to, that's the only reason anybody would have fucking said you're in or out of the NFL is to placate and pacify these people who we've gone over this ad nauseum, most likely don't even watch sports, don't care about sports. They just are looking for something to hitch their wagon to for their little pet cause, and they found it in this situation. I, I'm from the school of Chris Rock. I will never, ever hit a woman, but I'll shake the shit out that bitch. Somebody recently got in trouble for quoting that. I recently well, heard I a news no story. Doubt. I have there no was doubt. Some, there was some more fake internet outrage because somebody uh, 
Oh no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. I'll shake the shit out of. It was someone that said uh, that he identified with OJ. That did the whole. I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. So somebody pretty much quoted that and got crucified on social media. I don't know who it was, but I, I recall hearing that in the last week. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. I've walked around in situations with a push on and a hard on against the world, and been looking for fucking fights. And I've found them. And I've won some, and I've had my clock clean some. And you know what? No victims advocates group stood up for me and excused me. No uh, you know, uh, 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 advocates for, for, for drunk, young, and stupid men stood up for me and said, oh, he shouldn't have, he, he shouldn't have, that guy shouldn't have beat his ass. He was drunk. He couldn't defend himself. Didn't he see how sloppy drunk he was? No, none of that. All right, and this isn't a matter of if I didn't get it, they don't get it. This is a matter of selective outrage. This is a matter of identity politics. This is a matter of you never look at a person as an individual and judge them based on what they do. You have to lump them into a group and act like that they represent the entire group. You know who Joe Mixon represents? Joe fucking Mixon. Yeah. That's it. You know who this bitch represents? This dumb, drunk bitch. That's it. That's all she represents. She don't represent all women. Because I'm going to tell you what. A lot of women out there, and, and this is the dirty little secret that people don't want. The people, shh, don't, we don't talk about. It's taboo. Okay, you can talk about, about uh, transgender and gender fluid and, and, and cultural appropriation. And, and, and it's okay to fucking throw quarter sticks of dynamite to people's heads because they voted for Trump and all this shit. That's okay to talk about. But the, the dirty little secret in this whole story is, you know how many women I've said or I've, I've talked to that have said to me, the bitch got what was coming to her. What the fuck did she think he was going to do? Well, that's like the, the Danielle chick, the cash me outside chick. She got caught outside, got her ass kicked. Like you guys have been saying, if you go looking for it, you're going to get it. Exactly. And then, too, and then look at the, I mean, I know this is, we're, we're going back in the time machine here a few months. But look at how Brent Musburger got railroaded. Guy's been in broadcast booth for over 40 years. And then what? Because he voiced a little bit of support for Joe Mixon during a bowl game. That's it? He's done? The well, fuck he, is he wrong did with us? I remember talking he, to that about you guys with you he, about that. I told he, you. He also, he also, how dare he, a couple, uh, 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 National title games ago, pointed out that a uh, a model girlfriend of one of the quarterbacks happened, you know, a model whose job it is to look beautiful. He pointed out she was beautiful. So that's like, I, I'm sorry. I really think a lot of this started then. And you got these fucking agenda of rage, man-hating bitches out there who've just been waiting for him to fucking just slip up another time. And this was just, boom, perfect opportunity. And on top of it, he's an old man in a business where they can easily just say, well, he's no longer with us because we have budget cuts and turnovers and shit. All you got to do is look out to Bristol, Connecticut to see how that's working out. I, the yeah. way I take this guys is this talk, uh, the talk we're going to have about baseball and whatnot. All of this is the new weightlifting. It, it's the, it's the new rump shaking, if you will, for women. Uh, when, when we were growing up, you know, Venice Beach, California, you know, that muscle beach where all the mm -hmm. men could go and lift and show how strong they were, and that's what women wanted. 
Well, now women want the sensitive man that stands up for what's right. So even if there, we don't have a dog in the fight, even if it doesn't make sense for us to even comment on it, we're going to say, Joe Mixon, how fucking dare you hit a woman like that? Who do you think you are? A real man would never do that. And then the girls around us would be like, oh, he's so sensitive. Yeah, well, the problem is if wanting someone who sticks up for what's right is that truth is like rain. It don't give a fuck who it falls on. And guess I'm what? I'm with you. These chicks, they're not always on the right side. Not saying they're always on the wrong side, but they're not on the right side. And that same sensitive man, I guarantee you, turns into an asshole when he calls them out on their bullshit and hypocrisy. I'm just saying, get him drunk and hit him. See what happens to you. Well, I, this is the, this is the really this is the really fucked up part of this in my mind is that we have come to a point to where you something like this happens, and there are people who honestly believe that you deserve to never ever work, not play in the NFL. I'm talking be able to make a living ever again. That society should treat you like an outcast and you will die homeless of starvation on the street because you hit a woman who hits you first. That is, in their mind, that is a fair punishment for that. And these are the enlightened, the, the people that will call themselves enlightened and progressive. The problem with this, Rich, is the NHL, the NFL, all the major sports, they're paid millions of dollars. Okay? So, and, and they become icons. You know, I look up to one of my, you know, favorite icons is Ed Belfort. You know, I loved the way he played hockey. I loved it. I understand there were dirty parts. I understood it. But I understood why, too. You know, and when you take somebody like a Joe Mixon, a Ray Rice that hits women like that, that the parents don't want their kids to look up to somebody like that. It, it, right or wrong, equal or not, hit them or don't, it you got to think that when you get paid like that and you get put in a spot like, like that kids are going to eventually look up to you. If you're any good at the sport, you're participating in. And if your outside life is anything like those people or others that have been in trouble with drugs, you know, you know, murdering, whatever parents don't want their kids to look up to anybody like that. So that's where the outrage comes don't let them in the fucking league. I don't well, want I'm, them to be. I don't want my kids to be subjected to somebody like that. And I, well, I have the same. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Your precious kids in bubble wrap. I don't know. I just sorry. I forgot what I was going with. So well, go ahead. I kind of have the same feeling about that situation when I hear parents say that. As I I, I, I tend to go the Louis C.K. route. When I hear parents say that, I think of the same thing that he thinks when he hears parents say. Well, how am I supposed to explain? Gay, gay people shouldn't shouldn't be married, and they shouldn't be able to show affection in public. Because how am I going to explain that to my kid? It's not the rest of our job to explain to your shitty kid what gay people are, right? It's not the rest of our, our job to make sure that your shitty kid has a fucking good role model. How about this? How about you be a, the best role model for your kid? How about you stop letting social media and electronics and video games and nannies and daycare centers and grandma raise your fucking kids and you do a no, job of raising your kids and become point, their fucking. Rich, you're missing my point. People can get away with stuff like Joe Mixon, Ray Rice, maybe not Ray Rice, but hey, Ray Rice things of that shit. nature. Right. Things of that nature and still have a career and make millions of dollars. Okay. So kids are going to grow up knowing 
that Joe Mixon did that at a bar, drunk or whatever, but still made millions of dollars in the NFL. Well, so that's well, not perfect. If they have, if they have and, and you could tell a kid as much as you want, Rich, and it's true when I was growing up to now. You could tell a kid as much as you want. That's not the right way to be. But what they see is this guy did this and got millions of dollars. Okay. Whether you feel I'm missing your point or not, what I'm pointing out to you is that if you're a parent and that is in, in your point, their point is your point, then they're shitty parents. And that's their problem. And unfortunately, when they get done raising their shitty children and they hit 18, then they're society's problem. All right, look, I had people who I looked up to in various ways growing up who I never emulated. One of my favorite singers is Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was a hardcore Christian. If you've ever listened to me on an unregimented, you know that's the farthest thing from what I am. Now, does that mean I don't like the man's music because he was a hardcore Christian? No. Does that mean I'm going to go out and become a hardcore Christian because I liked his music? No. Why? Because I was raised to have a mind of my own. As much as, as much as growing up, I liked Bob Probert. I never went out and fucking smoked rock and did the shit he did because he did it. Never smoked rock, period. All right? Didn't do that shit. I don't fucking crush up fucking... 20 Vikings and snort them up before I go to fucking work. And if I did it just because he did it, guess what? Somewhere along the line, someone fucked up in raising me. This is not society's issue to fix. This is a situation that happened. And parents, if they're afraid, oh my God, my kid will see this, then be a parent and tell them, uh, you see what you see what started the situation? People drinking and acting like assholes. And she hit him and he hit her. So what's the, what's the lesson you're going to take from this? Oh, if I hit a bitch, I can go to the NFL and be a millionaire? Okay, you're stupid, and now I wish I had had an abortion. No, the lesson you take from this is don't go out drinking, acting stupid, and looking for some shit, because it will definitely find you. What is the quote from fucking Four Brothers? You knock on the devil's door long enough, sooner or later, someone's going to fucking answer. Great movie. That's why I, Great movie. That's why I got no sympathy for anyone in this situation. I have no sympathy for Joe Mixon, okay? I don't. He's a dumbass. He knows when, whether he stopped to think about it or not. When he threw that punch, I'll even go farther. Before he threw that punch, before he was in a situation where he was around a, a bitch that was so drunk that she was going to fucking throw a punch at him, he should have been like, I got way too much riding on my future. Let me get the fuck out of this situation. Yeah, I'm about to make the same point, Rich. He knew he had something to lose when he entered that situation. Trust me, this this ain't all on her. You know, he definitely knew he had shit to lose. I'm sure in hindsight, he's definitely probably, hopefully he's learned to control his temper. Well, okay. You know, the, everyone that, lost in this situation. That unauthorized autobiography, I believe it was unauthorized because he didn't cooperate with the writer, about Brett Favre just come out. All right. And there's stories about Brett Favre coming out that people in the NFL had known about and people close to him had known about and people, maybe obsessive fans who just searched out everything they could about Brett Favre knew about, but the general public didn't about stories about his party and, and his drug use and his drinking behind the scenes. Now, how did he keep that quiet all this time? Because he didn't put himself in a position where it was going to be fucking all over the goddamn place. This is... There are unfortunate facts that come with celebrity, fame, and money. 
And that is, the more you get of all three, the more selective you have to be in who you around, who you allow around you, and who you choose to be around. And the smaller your fishbowl gets, the less drama you have. That's how come Brett Favre could sit at home, take a handful of Viking, and wash it down with a case of beer, and party with his fucking teammates in his house, and not have to worry about getting photographed by TMZ or whatever the fuck coming out of a bar in the middle of a scuffle. I mean, all there is to it. These are still, these, these, these are lessons that need to be learned by a lot of people, not just fucking athletes. Well, you're also talking about an era where everybody gets participation trophies. So they ain't learning shit, bro. Well, I'm I'm with you. That is not my problem to to solve. That is not my problem to solve, dude. This is what I'm getting at. These people, these people shit out these fucking kids. They do the bare minimum, okay, and they tell them that 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 that, that, that every everybody deserves uh, you know everything to be perfectly fair one hundred percent of the time, and then they release them into the real world. And if they go to college, all colleges is is is, is uh, anymore an extension of the coddling they got at home, so they're yeah. just putting off the inevitable. And if they don't go to college, they hit the real world, and they realize the real world don't give a fuck about you, and it never will. No matter how many protests we have, no matter how many boycotts we plan, no matter how outraged we pretend to be, the world is a shitty place. If they would have blocked Telegraph in 1996, could you please tell me we wouldn't have ran their ass over? There have been video on the news of protesters scattering because cars weren't stopping for them. But that was 20 years ago. Oh, I thought people you were talking be honking about their dragging. horns going. People be honking their horns going, get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to get home. I got shit you know, to now do. People, <laughs> now people will pull over and join hands with them so they can be seen as righteous and caring. Yeah, well, and, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I tend to remember the fucking L.A. riots, and I remember uh, Reginald Denny stopping because he didn't want to run people over. And then him getting pulled from his truck and having four guys fucking curb stomp him and bounce bricks off his head for a good fucking three or four minutes before some yeah. random fucking good Samaritan ran in and, and basically threw their body on top of him to keep the, these guys from beating the shit out of him. Okay, so I, I subscribe to the Bill Hicks theory of that situation. You get in my way, and you got nothing but <laughs> violence and a brick in your hand. Thump, 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 thump. Yeah. <laughs> Step on the fucking ass. Exactly. It's, it's, it's real simple. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. Sorry. Hey, we- we all know the mistake Reginald made, right? He stopped in the hood. You don't stop in the hood. At 12, I knew, man, no, you don't stop. You keep going. Man, I've been rear-ended in Detroit like three or four times. Guess what I do? I keep fucking driving. Yeah, nope. Only Not getting accident, shot at today. Only accident in my entire life I've ever had was in Detroit. I got hit. The lady drove off. Tells me all I need to know. All right. I mean, <laughs> you know... She probably took one look at me and was like, oh, shit, a white boy in the hood at 10 in the morning. Later. You know, she was probably yeah. thinking, what the fuck is this crazy cracker doing in the neighborhood this time of day? I know, right? <laughs> what is it, that, like, that Dave Chappelle theory of uh, the one white guy? <laughs> you know, be I mean, because you know he's done some fucked up shit. <laughs> hey, careful with the racial slurs. There ain't no Big racial news. slur. That's just what, a fact. Like I was... Me, me, my buddy, and his wife are the only white people in that entire neighborhood, so it's not hard to figure out where I was coming from. And she still fucking drove off in a fucking, like her ass was on fire and her hair was catching. All right? I, I mean, 
look, here's the deal. It was 80% of people in fucking Detroit don't have insurance and like 60 don't have driver's license. Okay. So there's a good chance that was the case. But I mean, the odds are I either don't have driver's license or insurance either. So why the fuck drive off dragging your fucking, your entire front end behind you underneath your wheel. And, and the insurance they do have is PLPD. And they don't want that rate to go up. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? In my instances, I knew what was up because I was hit just hard enough to not do any damage to either car, but hard enough to make a normal human being want to get out and check everything. I was like, man, it is Detroit. It is 1230. I am not stupid. Oh, yeah. See no, ya. no. There's yeah. a difference between getting hit hit on a back snowy street on 1030 in the morning on a Tuesday and getting ass ended just enough to try to get you out of your car at 1230 at night on a Friday. All right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, there's, <laughs> I might be high, this is, but I am not dumb. This, this isn't the podcast for it, but there's, believe me, if you want, if you ever just want to get lost for a couple hours looking at shit, look up, uh, tactics that, 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 that uh, carjackers use with boxing you in and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting the, the reading. Swoop and squat. Yeah, I've had a few. I've had a few friends almost get caught up in it. Hey, Earl, you know a few of them. No need to name names though. But yeah, yeah. One of them, he worked downtown, and he thought he was safe. And I mean, he was like five minutes from fucking the nice part of Detroit nowadays, and it was still getting ready to happen to him until he realized what was happening at the last minute and gunned it and got out of there. So yeah. It, hey man, you. That, Try that shit with me on the road. I basically got free insurance. I got that full coverage shit. I got the extra coverage. Yeah. Yep. Try that, try that with me out here. I will drive right through you. <laughs> hey, guess what? I got This shit's free. You total this car. Hertz will pay for it. Cost me nothing. Well, one last thing about the draft, and then we can move on to the, to the other, oh, Jesus, fucking 500-pound racial elephant in the room appears. Uh, just to complete, because we're complete homers, I, I can I can be a homer about this. Okay, so the Bucks took with their first round pick O.J. Howard, tight end. All right, now the guy's fucking huge. He's six six. He's like two fifty. Yeah, he's from Bama. He's got you know he's got the pedigree. He's got the size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Dude, what this is telling me is that the Buccaneers are attempting to build a championship team in a way they've never attempted before, which is completely around a franchise quarterback and giving him all the weapons they can in a scary way. I feel like they're doing with Jameis, what the lions have been doing with Stafford. And I'm afraid they're going to end up in the same position. What good is it? What good is all these weapons for a quarterback to throw to? If they, if he can't fucking get his feet set, run through his fucking reads and find the open man, because he's got a porous offensive line and their running game is still up in the air as far as I'm concerned. So, if your defense can't stop the other offense, it doesn't matter what your offense is. I'm with you. Dude, I'm with you. Okay, I'm not arguing with you, but here's the deal. They obviously don't feel the same because they're not trying to build a defense like they had. They're not trying to build a fucking defense like 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 Denver has. They're they're going pushing hard to get him a lot of offense, give Jameis Winston a lot of offensive weapons and to make it a shootout. And I mean, isn't that what Atlanta did? How did that work out for him in the long run? So like I said, I'm kind of start, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm up here in Detroit and I'm drawing a parallel where there isn't one, but I'm, I, 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 I kind of see one between what they did with Stafford. I mean, cause they had, you know, Megatron was a year or two before Stafford and then, you know, it took Ebron 
they got Burleson here, but he 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 ended up getting hurt. But I mean, he he did play well while he could, you know. Now, uh, what Golden Tate, you know, they, what their second was it their second or th- their their second or third draft pick was a wide receiver this year. You know, their second was a cornerback, hell of a corner. Okay, from so, Florida. so so yeah, it was it was their third uh, pick was a wide receiver, big tall motherfucker. You know, so you, there's your jump ball guy. There's the guy you throw it up and hope he comes down with it, guy. Yeah, but at least uh, Tampa Bay was smart enough to pick from Bama. We went to Florida and got Jared Davis. Say it with me, Reuben Foster, beast, beast of a linebacker. But the, Wait, but the last the, thing, the last thing I wanted to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was to say, is the muscle hamster experiment over yet in Tampa? I'm pretty much thinking, yeah. If in, like, look, all right, I drank deep enough of the Kool-Aid with 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 Doug Martin to say, okay, I'll give him I'll give him a shot to come back from the injury. And he came back and he had a thousand yard season. And then the very next year, shit to bed. Okay, in my mind, he's trending down. It's time to it's it's time to, yeah, it's time to move him down on the depth chart. Try and and maybe if you can move him for anything, do it. And if not, you cut him and you take the hit. Bag of footballs? Anything? I mean, seriously, it's just that's it's cold blooded. I mean, like you, you probably, know, you probably get more football out of that bag of footballs than you will Doug Doug Martin. My my fa- my favorite Buccaneer post Super Bowl, meaning that came in after they won the Super Bowl, was Cadillac Jones or was kind of Cadillac <laughs> Williams. All right, and Cadillac Williams had an amazing rookie year. I think he ran for the most yards in the first six games of his career of any running back ever. Nothing but promise and upside, and then fizzled the fuck out. Between he just couldn't, his his body couldn't keep up, and injuries, he just fizzled out. It happens, man. I mean, that's why. That's one thing I will say. I'm glad they're not putting all their hopes in a running back anymore, because believe me, the only the only the only bright spot Tampa Bay fans were talking about before Winston started being Winston was, well, we got Muscle Hamster. <laughs> I know, right? That was it, man. It well, if like, all you know, else fails, you can kick a field goal. <laughs> yeah, as, wasn't long Mike, as, he's, as long as he's on the, the one-yard line. Wasn't Mike Lennon the golden child for like a cup of coffee down there too? Oh, dude. He's, he, he was going to lead you guys out of the, into the promised land? I never said that, nor thought it. The minute I saw fucking Shaggy fucking put on a helmet and, and, and trot out there, I was like, you got to be shitting me. Like I clearly remember. Now, now he won his game against the Lions, his rookie year, and that was about the highlight of his fucking season as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's not even a highlight. You beat the Lions. Whoopee. I mean, come on, dude. If that's your, if that's your, if that's number one on your career highlight reel so far, ugh, you know, you're what I'm a long season. Yeah, but but I just want to point this out because I am a homer. Beating the Lions made him worth thirteen million dollars. Thank you. If that's how you choose to spin it in your head, that's spinning. That, you spin me right around, baby. Right if you around. think the Bears, if you think the Bears said. Why should we give him $13 million? Because he beat that fucking team that we just whoop ass on every year over there fucking across the the lake. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Give him $13 because he, he beat the Lions one year. Then you're able to drink well, I'm saying, the you're sitting there saying I, the highlight of his career is to beat the Lions. Season, well, yeah. he made it worth $13 million, so good on you. <laughs> well, anyways, my last thought if is. If that's your bar, I have no high hopes for your wife. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, 
Well, the, my my last thought. Now that the the draft is over and pretty much free agency, blah blah blah, this and that. Uh, CBS put out their preseason NFL power rankings. This is the way too soon rankings, and I just wanted to go through them one through ten real quick because I thought this was interesting. Uh, I mean, is it any guess that New England's number? I mean, any shock? New England's number one. Oh man, I thought they'd be at least three or four. No, maybe. no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You got you got Atlanta at two, you have Green Bay at three, Seattle at four, New York at five, Pittsburgh. Yep, New York at five, Pittsburgh at six, Oakland at seven, and here's where I have to say, Pete Prisco, since you're the one, this is your preseason power rankings. Even though I'm a fan, your crack pipe's hot to the touch. He's got Tampa Bay at eight, Dallas at nine. In Arizona at ten, uh, and he has Pittsburgh behind Seattle. Bullshit! I so, don't agree with Atlanta at number two. No, I, 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 I honestly think last year was kind of like a lightning in the bottle kind of scenario for the for uh, Atlanta. I don't, I don't, I don't see him repeating last year. I just don't. I see him as a as a Carolina Panthers thing. They're gonna fall flat. Yep, I, I, I am the hey, Iceman. I'm going to tell you, I'm calling it. Something we agree on, Iceman. It's, I, I don't see Atlanta do, doing anything close to what they did last year. No, I think Sanu and uh, their other receivers and their defense played way outside their mind. Who the fuck were they? Where did they come from? They, they made one huge push to get to that Super Bowl. Then they made a huge push to win it, and then they did win it. And then Bill Belichick said, wait, 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 there's a second half. I get a second chance. Yeah. No well, way I, they even come close. I, I th- okay, you guys have covered Atlanta. I, I, New York, the Giants at five? Well, I mean, the Giants have decent players. I mean, they, they have big players. They have great wide receiving core. Uh, he is now a run-of-the-mill quarterback, and that sucks for to say because he has two rings, but he is. Eli's just not. So, I mean, they have players. They have great defense players. So, I mean, they're in the power rankings. I'm with Rich here. What moves have you made, or what moves have they made to justify being ranked fifth? Well, that's just it. They don't have to really make any big moves because they have the the personnel still. Ooh, they got Beckham. They're a good team. They got Beckham. Uh, Victor Cruz has finally voted off the island, wasn't he? And they've been running back by committee for like the last fucking... They were running back by committee the last time they won the Super Bowl. So where, what moves justify this number five ranking? And anything, they've lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a... And and their division, you know, it's... eh, Cowboys. Look, I was going to say, I'm not a Cowboys fan, booster... I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm a hater of the Cowboys, but I think this is probably one of the most overrated franchises in the history of sports, in my opinion. And looking at the Giants at five and the Cowboys at nine, I mean, you have, okay, you have Atlanta, the Giants, and Tampa Bay ahead of fucking Dallas in this power in these power rankings. And Seattle. Seattle had their two years. They're good. They traded out and lost all of their people. Seattle, okay, in my mind, Seattle is on the tail end of that window. All right? The Giants, all they got is their window's cracked. That's it. I mean, let's be honest here. It's not like they're fucking, everybody's 
locked locked in pick to to go to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, it, Tampa Bay just fucking unlatched their window and got it up a little bit because it was painted shut and went ah fresh air. They shouldn't even probably be in the top ten, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. I think Dallas blew out the fucking window and put in a big ass door. That's what I'm saying. Oakland should be definitely higher than fucking Seattle. Yeah, I mean, not, you, you beast mode is coming back. We haven't talked about that. That happened since last podcast. That Marshawn Lynch thing is reality now. He is there. Yeah, that, yeah that's 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 when you go buy your next year's Madden. I'm gonna imagine when I play online, it's gonna be a lot of people playing Oakland. Is back well, in the yeah, like, but it, it's like when Michael Vick went to. Uh, uh, oh shit! Where did Vic go after Atlanta? Philly. Philly. Yeah. When it, it went from no one picking Philly to the minute he was on Philly, I would say probably two out of every three games, someone that I played online, people were playing Philly. Well, that's but that's my question to you guys. How do you guys feel about Marshawn Lynch coming back? Do you think he's going to still be beast mode? I see nothing. That, I see nothing in his in his stats to indicate that his ability is going has gone down. But the fact that he was injured most of his last season and then took a season off, that to me is a bigger red flag than anything I see in his stats. When healthy, he was still producing. But the fact is, he's 32. Yep. His last season of, of full football, he was injured and he took a season off. I don't think any of us, all we can do is, is guess if that season off helped him heal up completely or if the, it... it, it is going to hold him back, you know. That's that's all. I, so I mean, it's it's really flip a coin on that. And, and his training regiment for the past year. I mean, I'll say this: I've seen enough of, I've seen enough like YouTube clips of I don't know what you call it, like a day in the life of of beast mode or whatever. You know, little little things he's done here and there. Motherfucker's still built like a tank. Still looks to be in tip top shape, but that doesn't mean the inside of his body looks that way. I'm just saying, yeah. you, you take somebody like that. Uh, okay, a, a great example, a great example, the greatest example, my gold standard, Michael Jordan, took the time off from the Bulls, came back, said he's going to be with the Wizards. Oh, come on now. Yeah, and an idiot would say, well, he did it also Would go play baseball. Yeah, but he did that in the prime of his career. Right, when he came he back and took went to championships, off. so I don't want to hear it, but I'm saying he took some time off after that. Yeah, came and back to play with back, the Wizards. Uh, he wasn't, come on, he, wasn't, he no. was a shadow. He was a shadow of the of of, my, of what he used to be. And that's and, all there is to it. And personally, I was a casino dealer, uh, table games dealer for six, um, going on seven years. I took a year off. I went and applied at a casino, and they did, gave me an audition. I couldn't barely handle the damn chips anymore. And I'd done it for six, seven years prior, but I only yeah. took one year off. It, it's it's the same thing I've told I've told people, uh, it's a, it's anything that requires muscle memory and also agility, ability, however you want to look at it. Playing guitar, yeah, I, I'm playing guitar one, in a long time. I bet you the next time I pick it up, not definitely not going to be at the level I was when I stopped playing. But I not because you don't remember it, but it make your fingers bleed as well. Well, it, it's it, not really bleed as much as. Your mind knows and your muscles know where they need to go to do something. But because you haven't been doing it, you don't do it as fast, as cleanly, and as crisply as you would as if you were still doing what you were, you're still practicing every day. Yeah. 
What's the old trope? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. I mean, now I will, I, I will say this. If he's kept up on his on his training regimen and he goes into OTAs and then goes into uh, uh, preseason and he's just ripping it up, then my guess would be that was going that's definitely going to continue into the regular season. Personally, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm excited to see him in the silver and black. Personally, I mean he's from I, Oakland. That's his hometown. Yeah, and he went to UC Berkeley. Like he he basically never left until he went to the NFL. I mean, and I, I I believe I heard heard a quote of him saying if it wasn't Oakland, he wouldn't have come out of retirement. Yep, he's he's, he's he wants to send Oakland. I mean, if you look at his contract too, it's two years. He's going to play the last two years. The Raiders are in Oakland, and then that'll probably be it for him. It's probably what yeah. that's that's probably his game. Now, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I I think it's an upgrade at running back for Oakland, but at the same time, there's two things I can't get out of my head, and we already hit on them. He's 31. And he took a year off. This may not go. Uh, upgrade from Latavius Murray? Yeah. As far as ability, pure ability, absolutely. If he has it still. I'm just, I'm just saying pure ability in general. Even in his prime and in Latavius Murray's prime, Beast Mode had, had a better aptitude for the position of running back. But, but I'm saying it may, not go, yeah, it may not go as planned for Oakland. He's 31, which for football is old, and he took a year off. So, and on top of it, he's not the type. He's not a. He's not a dancing behind the line back. He no. hits the pile and he moves motherfuckers. Yeah, he's a motherfucker that drags three people across the goal line with him. I mean, that's that's wear and tear on your body. And I don't doubt the man has the will still to to put up with the you know the aches and pains and bumps and bruises and and you know injuries that come with playing that position in that in that way. But man, it's just at a certain point, you can want it all you want. You can have all the heart in the world, and your body just is going to go, "Nope, we're not doing this." I mean, look, here's the deal. I I hope he does well, and the only way I'll root against him is if they're playing Tampa Bay. I I personally like Lynch. I I always have. Some people are turned off by the fact that he's like they they feel he's standoffish with the media, and really because I I don't want to be suspended. But when you look at it, he's not standoffish with the media. He's standoffish with beat reporters who are in and out of that fucking locker room every day. And their job is to take little stories and blow them up out of proportion just so they got something to report on. This isn't the days we've gone over this. This isn't the 50s anymore. This isn't the days where beat reporters see players with people besides their wives or see players falling down drunk and they don't report it. You know, the minute that shit that starts to happen these days, they pull out their can- their cell phone and start fucking recording. You know, they've already got the headline for, t- for tomorrow's fucking article in their head the minute they start seeing players act like that. Now, I'm not making a judgment call on whether that's right or wrong about reporters to be that way, but if you're the type of guy who is like Marshawn Lynch, who seems like... If he's hanging with his boys and he's feeling good, he might say some shit that could be taken the wrong way. If you get my drift, I mean, I'm pretty sure him and the N word are on good terms. You know what? Come I on. mean, I, I've just from the E60s and all that I've seen on him. I mean, he's he's he seems like one of the motherfuckers. Like I'm from the hood and I love the hood, and I think it's smart of him to keep fucking people who are only concerned about selling newspapers at arm's length away from him. I think that's a good he lives like he, he lives in like a gated community and shit. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's this is way off topic, but the game, the rapper, the game's from Oakland, and uh, he bought up his neighborhood and turned it to a gated community right in the middle of Oakland. Nice. So that's how, that is that. You can't. That is literally the definition of giving back to the community. Yeah, he was like, "See my neighborhood? I'm gonna buy it all up and put a well, not gate just that, security around big, it. Move all my people big, in." The other big news story is the ceremonious letting go of ESPN analysts and reporters and replacing Good. them with women. And for somebody like Lynch to talk to a woman the way he would a, a seasoned vet male reporter, it, it just would all go bad. Well, it, it, okay, I'm of the opinion that if they want to fucking cover men's sports, then they have to be prepared to hear men talking like men. And I'm not talking about grabbing by the pussy. Okay, they're going to hear some four-letter words. I'm sorry. You're in a locker room of a pro sports team, all right? You're going to see swinging dick. You're going to see guys being guys, stupid bonehead shit, goofing on each other, establishing pecking order, and you're going to hear foul language. And if you can't handle that, then they don't need to change. You don't need to do that job. So that's yeah. But you're not going to win that argument right now, Rich. You know that obviously because they're they're changing of the guard. It's you know, happening. So you know, dude. I, you know, I I've let it slide for weeks now. Every time you bring that up, and I got to say that's that's weak. That's that's weak. That's weak titty shit, man. Don't come with that weak sister shit no more, dude. Because I'm gonna call you on it. Nah, bro. We fucking elected a goddamn fucking reality TV star because we're tired of this political correct bullshit. Don't fucking don't play in the funeral before the bodies died, dude. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I'm there's not. A lot of, there's a lot of people it, out ESPN there that have no problem. ESPN is owned by Disney. Disney is there's, going to hire these women. And ESPN's the reason ESPN's giving for their layoffs is because their fucking their viewership and their subscriptions are going through the basement floor, and they refuse. Yeah, their profits were down too. They refuse to draw a correlation between them pushing political agendas, no matter what they are, and the fact that, hey, people don't tune in the sports center to hear these fucking talking head blow dried jack offs talk about their political beliefs. Steven Correct. If you have I wanna know how many points LeBron scored last night, goddammit. If you have a guy like Stephen A. Smith on your staff, you know what he's there for. He's there to debate your guy like Skip Bayless. He's there to be Max Kellerman. Well, no, no, but what I'm saying, when they brought him on, okay, he's there to play a role, and he plays that role well. The problem is if you fill your entire roster of on-air talent with people who maybe they're not as boisterous, maybe they're not as visceral in their delivery as Smith is, but who all hold either the exact same or like political beliefs and have no problem interjecting them when there is no need to, you're going to turn people off. I mean, the fact, yes. that, the fact that Fox Sports, which is owned by the Fox company, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch and has Roger Ailes there, if he's still there at this moment, I don't know. That's, he might be gone by the time this, this gets posted. Anyways. Oh, he's been, he's been gone. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm getting at is the fact that Fox Sports is now considered the more neutral and, and, and apolitical of the sports channels is fucking amazing. And ESPN, yes, because, did, it, ESPN did it to themselves. Yes, because Fox, Fox Sports gets it. 
when I'm turning on SportsCenter or ESPN, newsflash, everybody, I'm looking for information, not opinions. When when this is this is how I knew Fox Sports understands their audience demographic. They used to have Rush Limbaugh on Sunday morning pre-show, and he would come on. And Rush Limbaugh is purported, reportedly a huge football fan. Now he would come on and he would give his opinions about football, and I believe that lasted for a couple Sundays. And then one fateful Sunday, the subject of Donovan, Donovan McNabb come up, and I think fucking Rush had taken too many oxies and thought he was on his radio show and started going off on a rant about how Donovan McNabb ain't shit, and if he wasn't a black quarterback, no one would give a fuck about him. And he started interjecting race and politics into a question that needed neither in there. And what happened? Fox bounced his ass immediately, pieced him out, showed him the door. Fox, the most conservative news source in the world that is of the major ones. So that told me right there, Fox is like, look, what we do in Fox News is different than what we do on a local Fox affiliate, which is different from what we do in Fox Sports. ESPN is trying to have its cake and eat it too. And it's it's reaping what it's sowed. And I hate to say this, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase Malcolm X, but... You know, as an old farm boy, when the chickens come home to roost, that's nothing to get upset about. You planted it. You knew what you wanted to get. You're getting it. Yeah, but huh? I'm with I'm with Chris though. I I want to I want to hear the news. Tell me what the score. You know where was. you bought that shit? That- Damn, I won the women's department. Well, well the yeah. other day, and I posted it in our private chat that one of the sports center anchors was trying to report on hockey, didn't know the players' nicknames. And oh, yeah. called uh, Curtis Joseph by the wrong name, and then called him Curtis Joe. And I was like, "What? What?" Well, to me, that's just bad broadcasting. That's not reviewing your material. That's not being familiar with your subject matter. That, to me, that didn't mean penis or vagina. Regardless, that was just a shitty broadcaster. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Right there, the, if it's Sports Center, there's a teleprompter, which means there's a script somewhere. Which means that not only does that fucking reporter or that talking head have a teleprompter to stare at and read from, but if that teleprompter goes down, that means they got copy of what they're supposed to say from that teleprompter on that paper in front of their in their hands on the desk or on their laptops as they do nowadays. All right. So to me, that just smacks of poor production from the top down. Ill preparedness. I, yeah. I this goes back to the talk we've had on this podcast since I joined it. I'm from the old school. I I, I miss booyah. He could go. Oh, I, I miss all of that. Get into the highlight. Get excited about the freaking sport you're reporting on, and, and and entertain me that way. You know what? To me, when, 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 when oh, to ahead, me the, the to me the the. The straw that broke the camel's back with ESPN was Stuart Scott dying. Because when he was no longer on air at ESPN and there was no chance of him coming back, they had pretty much ran off or took their anchors with 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 the personalities that we are talking about and put them on their gave them their own show, their off sports center, et cetera, et cetera. Or those or those anchors had moved on. Keith Keith Oberman, you know, Boomer Boomer was pretty much exclusively, you know, NFL. Melrose, because you know he's and and, and uh, uh, 
shit, John Butchergrass, you know, they're the hockey guys. They were the hockey guys at ESPN, but they were regulated to the back burner because they didn't carry hockey. So, you know, if it's not on ESPN, according to ESPN, no one in the world cares about it, et cetera, et cetera. That's when I was like, okay, this is going downhill. And when they retooled, instead of going, okay, where's our bread and butter? Their bread and butter is 18 to 54-year-old men. Instead of going, that's who we need to fucking retool and get no more on-air talent that speaks to those to, to our bread and butter, they decided to go, well, we've already got the lockdown in 18 to 54, so let's try to expand our fucking brand. And the sad reality of it is, as much as we've covered it, yes, there are women out there who are huge sports fans, okay, huge sports fans, no more about sports than I will ever know, okay? They, they're out there. The problem is there's not a whole lot of them, and there's definitely not enough to float a whole new fucking demographic of viewership for ESPN, and ESPN is not accepting that. ESPN is willing to take losses to try to socially engineer people to watch their fucking show and to accept it, and that's... That is ideology over doing your job well. And that, to me, for anybody who's a business person, anybody who's invested in ESPN, who sees the writing on the wall, that should scare the shit out of them. Because if their bottom line is the almighty dollar, you now have a company who doesn't give a fuck about the almighty dollar. They give a fuck about making statements. Well, very rarely can you be idealistic and a billionaire in this fucking world. Yes, <laughs> very, uh, very rarely. ESPN has so many different shows now that they run. They, they got Pardon the Interruption, Around the Horn, uh, uh, just so many, where they can offer you know their opinions and try to entertain about a certain sport or about a lot of sports. Outside the Lines is another one. My problem is, is they have fucked up SportsCenter and yeah, tried to make it those show. type yeah. of shows. Yeah, that's your flagship. That's that is a, that's your the flagship. reason why we all used to watch it. Guys, I'll be honest with you. I have been, even when, before I cut the cord uh, earlier this year, I have been almost ESPN free for years now. To the point where, I'm, when I say that, I mean, obviously I'd turn on ESPN if they had a game or I, I would watch a sports center if there was nothing else on. But it used to be my daily ritual. If I didn't watch Sports Center, I feel like I didn't take a dump that day. Something ain't right. Yeah. And it's not been like that for years for me now. And I don't miss yeah. it. Either watch you waking up or going to sleep. And, and on top of that, their social media, they're not even that great of a place through social media to get your information anymore because all the articles you want to fucking actually read and that actually are well-researched, written, and presented – are behind a paywall. It's these bullshit clickbait articles they throw out that you can read for free. These little two, three paragraph fucking soundbite shits. No, man, I just use their app because their app gives me exactly what I'm looking for. Information. It's all, I'm looking for scores. I'm looking for plays. I can tell you, I have been sports center and generally ESPN free since about a month into this podcast when I was DVR and all the sports centers watching three of them and getting virtually no information. It's like, what the fuck? Like, the only reason I have ESPN now is because I want to have Red Zone when football season starts, and it comes with the package that, you know, that has Red Zone in it. It's the only reason I have it. I have watched ESPN probably zero times since 
I also cut the cord. Yeah, I, I just, I it, it gets to the point I can't watch it. I usually go to work, come home in the morning, turn on ESPN, and it's the same shit. ESPN coast to coast. Mike and Jamel at six. And I'm like, the fuck? And see, I, here's the thing. I like Mike and Jamel when they're on a show where they're talking about sports culture and they're giving opinions. I don't like them as a sports center anchor. Sports center anchors should adhere to the old journalism rule of what, why, when, where, and how. Just give me the facts. And I understand they can, and you know, guys, like I said, Stuart Scott, et cetera, et cetera. They, you know, Boomer, they all inject, injected their own personality into it. And that's fine. But I don't want to hear and, 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 and have someone who is of questionable knowledge, but because, oh, they might, they might fit that 18 to, to 35 female demographic that we crave being put on TV when there's people who actually know what they're talking about, who are personally involved and, and had personal relationships with these players, not just fresh out of broadcast school, hot, and, oh, yeah, they'll get female viewership. That's, you're, <laughs> it's just a bad business model. And it's only going to get worse at ESPN because they're paying out the ass for, for college football and college basketball and NBA games for the rights to broadcast them. So it's only going to get worse because ESPN's net will, will not admit that these cuts are coming because they're trying to do a cultural shift at their station. They're saying it's a financial situation. Well, if this is their Meaning financial situation. You've run it into the ground the last five years and you're losing money. <laughs> that is, it's a financial situation you have created. So, and if that's, and if this is with the, it was still with, with as many of the old guard holding on and doing their thing as they did until now, how bad in five years is it going to look? Because they're not winning over fans. I listen to other podcasts. I listen to other sports podcasts. I'm talking maybe one in 10 people have something good to say about ESPN. And I, I really, I really wish there was a way we could tell if these were the type of people who actually watch sports and new sports, or if these are the type of people who just decided to call into a sports show and defend ESPN because it fits along with their political ideology. Hey, guys, we are smack dab in the middle of the demographic they want. All right? The middle of the demographic they want is 36 years old. All right? I'm 38. You guys are 40. But still, it's, and we want nothing to do with it. We, we are sitting here right now having a conversation about the last 10, 15 minutes about how we want nothing to do with ESPN. Right now, they should be hitting nothing with home runs for us. We are right in the middle of the demographic they want to attract. And we want fucking nothing to do with them. Well, I'll even go so far as to... You know, I, I, we're, I'm, I guess I'm giving a, another podcast a little bit of a fucking shout-out unintentionally, albeit, but I'm going to do it. You know, the Drew and Mike podcast, Drew, huge baseball guy, fairly knowledgeable sports guy in my opinion, Mark, his co-host, went to Michigan, huge Michigan guy, huge football guy, huge college basketball guy, and then they have Tom Mazaway, Maz, who sits in with him. And Maz is, God, he if there's a bigger sports guy in Detroit radio, I don't know. Maz is a fan who happens to work in a field he loves. That's what he is. And he's even said... He doesn't watch ESPN. He doesn't give a shit about ESPN. Not because he's got a hard-on against him, but because they offer him nothing. ESPN abandoned him. And he says the same shit we say. 
So this is not, we're living in an echo chamber and we're only hearing ourselves and we're patting each other on the back saying, hey, because we all agree, good job. This goes wider than even that. This goes into people whose, whose jobs are in the sports industry or who are in, in sports reporting and they're going, ESPN is fucking up. And the sad thing is, really the most pathetic thing is, is because they're still the biggest fucking turd in the punch bowl. We're going to keep talking about them until someone fucking overtakes them as number one. That's the bitch of it. Well, Fox and Sports right, is headed that way. Right now, they're, they're, they, they got that mentality of any, any, any news is good news. Any, any, if, anybody's to, if, if people are talking about you, no matter what they say, it's a good thing. Eventually, that backfires when it's nothing but, man, fuck ESPN. Because hating ESPN is kind of the, the thing to do for a certain demographic of sports fans at the moment. Eventually, it'll get tiresome, and then they'll just ignore ESPN. And then what's going to happen to them? They're going to settle into a comfy, you know, two, two share on their, on you know, on, on their primetime sports center. Uh, too, and that's the worst case scenario for ESPN. At least if people are hating on you, they're still talking about you. Well, and, they, and the other start bad ignoring part, you, that's where you're done. We admit that we're half-ass sports fans with half-ass opinions, but I at least watch the games. I know the players' names most of the time, you know, and I, I have opinions that make sense. They say stuff that makes no sense, and if they and, and the other half of the things that they say is just not going against the uh, the norm, you know. King and LeBron James is the best player in the NBA right now. Period. End of file. That's it. LeBron James. They don't want to divert any attention away from that. They don't want to give any contradictive opinion or facts or anything. Well, I, dude, unfortunately, that's not going anywhere. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the same reason that I don't know any musician. No, I take that back. I know two musicians out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands I know, who like Nickelback, yet you constantly hear them when you turn on the radio. I mean, <clears throat> it's getting to the point where radio is no longer for music fans. Sports Center is no longer for sports fans. It's a sports lifestyle show. It's like I said about MTV a few months ago. MTV at one point went from showing videos all the time to showing videos most of the time, and then they'd have little TV shows to showing TV shows and, and then videos in the middle of the night. Now, if you want to watch a video, you don't even talk about seeing it on MTV. You go to YouTube and watch it. MTV is like shitty heroin to someone who's dope sick. It's just enough to fucking keep you fucking from puking all over yourself, but it's not enough to get you off. And that's what ESPN and then they started most sports. And then they started MTV2 that was going to show videos, and it did. And now MTV2 shows nothing but not videos. Yeah, and MTV Classic, and then that fucking went away, and now it's like MTV something or another, and they just showed uh, countdown shows and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and surprise, surprise, this is what, this is, at a certain point, we're going to have to accept that we're the old guard and we're no longer in the demographic. But as Chris pointed out, we're smack dab in the middle of it. And I, and I think that, at least for me, a lot of this comes from, a lot of my animosity comes from the fact that I can't turn on a show that has perennially, perennially you know what I'm trying to say, you know what word I'm trying to say in my lifetime, been the go-to show if I can't sit and watch every game I want to watch, but I can at least get the fucking highlights and I can at least get a little bit of in-depth fucking talk about it. And I can't turn it on now without nonsense. 
without non-stories being blown out of proportion, you know, without these these human interest stories, or, or excuse me, without these SJW stories thinly fucking veiled as human interest stories, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, like this, this Adam Jones nonsense that we'll exactly. get to shortly. My God, exactly. And, and let me say this, and then we can get to the Adam Jones thing. I, 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 if you know me in my personal life, which means off the air, you know I have no problem with what people want to do. But I have a real issue when we're sitting here and I'm watching a sports show, and half of the show is dedicated to, well, there's a transgender athlete in buttfuck te- uh, Texas, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, you know what? Take a two-minute segment, do the story, move the fuck on. I don't need a five-minute segment, commercial break, come back, and have a debate about it for another fucking ten minutes, go to commercial break, come back, have the Twitter reaction that they fucking have been following. I don't need all that. All right? This is not... The, the, it's, it's not like this is a... Transgender athlete just won the gold medal. This is like a transgender high school track runner. Okay, I get it. But transgender people are 0.3% of the population. When that story was on, it was hot, and the way ESPN was covering it, and I'm not just talking about on, on their channel. I'm talking about in their, print, in their online media, all of it. You just thought fucking twenty five percent of the population was walking around after a sex change. Seriously, See, that's just that's the way they are now. It's whatever makes the hamster hit the pedal. Transgender athletes, hamster hitting the pedal. Yes, I want to hear about that. Yes, tell me about that. The problem is, is that the people who want to be outraged are going to go to it, but then they're going to finally go. You know what? This is fucking stupid. I'm done. Because well, I, you're, you're going to have hear people from- that support it go to it and go good for you then you're going to have people that are outraged by it going what the hell are you thinking i mean you you got so many different levels of people coming at the story that they're going to watch espn for it but what what they're doing is they're going to put they're going to play it over and over and over ultimately what they're doing is they're trading long-term viewership for short-term appeasement of people who don't give a fuck about sports who wants this little once this little pet story blows over, so do they. So do they blow out of of of, of ESPN. They no longer care. Well, that's right. like Ray Rice or any other sports big sports story. They, they they report on it forever. How bad of a guy was Ray Rice? How bad of a guy was AP for disciplining his child with a switch? And and once that had ran its course, they're like, okay, what's next? And oh, here's, Joe Mixon's going to get drafted. He hit he hit a well, woman. The double standard was evident that Greg Hardy was a that Greg Hardy even played another down of football. All right, I mean, what, I, we talked about this in our chat. What made Ray Rice's thing so bad is that, that, that there was no doubt that he did it. It was on tape. But I mean, it's just uh, we are wildly inconsistent as a society because because what? Because Greg Hardy didn't kill the woman on tape. We're a little bit more forgiving, and he got to keep playing football. The fuck out of here. Quote you, Rich. Well, dude, it's it's. I, I mean, look. The, all right, the way I when Tiger was when Tiger Woods was coming up, right? You had a lot of people who were never interested in golf, who simply got interested because you had a young black man coming in and dominating what's historically been a boring ass old white person sport. I mean, there's still country clubs. I I, I guarantee you in this country. I don't know. I don't go to them. 
can't name them, but I guarantee there's country clubs that don't allow black members in their fucking and to in there to golf. I guarantee you it still happens somewhere in this country. All right. And Tiger made his debut and started making his mark 20 years ago. Right. That is how you bring people who traditionally aren't interested in a sport into the sport. You don't invent shit and start basically using sports to, 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 to lay out political lines and say anyone who doesn't agree with this is your adversary. And I mean, create nothing but tension and no, people don't watch sports for that shit. All right. I mean, I don't want to get on the camera. I watch CNN for that shit. I, you know, not, I don't want to get deep into the Kaepernick thing, but this is what I said at the time. And this is what I say now. He's got every right to take the stand. He's got, it's going to bite him in the ass if he's not careful. And it did. And what happened? All these fucking sports reporters, all these commentators, all these Twitter warriors with their Twitter fingers sat there and were fucking praising him. And he's the best thing since fucking the cure for polio and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the season, what did he get? Later, I'm going to opt out of my contract and fucking test the free agent waters. Bad move, dude. Bad move. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now what is he? Now they're reporting that he's giving 50 of his old suits to guys who are coming out of prison so they can fucking go to a job interview, whatever, and look decent. That's the story that's being reported on him now. Now he is literally, his agent and his publicist are planting these stories, which, I mean, even if true, they're still making sure they hit the headlines somewhere, trying to get some goodwill coming towards them. And where are all these people that were supporting him when it was going on? They weren't real fans. They don't give a shit. They weren't supporting a football player. They were supporting him making a social statement. The problem is those aren't your bread and butter. Those people aren't going to keep the fucking the ratings up. Yeah, they, those people aren't watching on Sunday. Stop pandering to people who only watch your product when they want to fucking call your product out for being whatever, being a patriarchal or misogynist or women-hating or whatever the fuck. Ignore them because they will go away because as sure as the wind blows, their fucking pig noses will pick up a fucking scent of another story and they'll go run and chase that one and they'll leave you alone. You mean like Adam Jones? Yeah, what is Okay, give me the exact details on this fucking story. Oh, God. Some fans were shouting the N-word at him. And he, and and he chose to sit. At him. Yeah. Okay, right there, I think we can all agree, dick move on the fans' parts that did that. Absolutely not. You think heroin racial insults and throwing stuff on the field is acceptable behavior for fans? Absolutely. If, You're if out of your fucking mind, dude. Oh, stop it, dude. This has been a part of sports since sports has been created. Dude, I said, okay, I'll mind. shout you. Everybody I'll, does whatever it takes. I'll shout you suck, but I'll, I'll stop at the N-word. Yeah, I'm not throwing That's my line in the sand. I'm not throwing racial epithets out at a guy just because he's on a fucking team I don't like. A, a racial epithet, just me, a sexual epithet. It is just me harassing a pitcher when he's warming up in the bullpen. All of this, this has all been done since the beginning of sports. So uh, and I won't throw shit either, just because I'm not in, you know, I'm not in the mindset this, of wanting to be escorted out. Atlanta by Braves throwing some batteries. Okay, time hold on, on time out, time out, time out. First of all, it's a crime to throw something on the field. If they, if they witness you doing it, you're going to jail. 
So if you're defending a crime, you're stupid for doing that. Second of all, you can say a lot of things to piss a guy off without ever having to bring up his fucking his ethnicity or the color of his skin. Believe me. When I had season tickets, I could sit anywhere I wanted. I sat right behind fucking visitors dugout. I fucking I, I actually got a laugh from the fucking visiting team, the Baltimore Orioles, who were smoking the Tigers, and I was behind them talking shit, and I actually heard the fucking players laugh about it, right? I never once brought up there's no reason to fucking bring up, you know, racial slurs and throw shit on the field. That is no, that is not part not, of the Not sport. everybody has the correct manners, Rich. Then, they, right. then they need some fucking home training, dude. You don't throw no. shit at a player on a field. Plus, to, to me, there's no defense. Anything it. involving physical appearance—that's just lazy, insulting. That's just me. I, at the same time, guys, you can't do this. It has been countless episodes of players throwing things at fans, fans throwing things at players, words being exchanged. It's the heat of the freaking moment. You're there with your home team going. Let me get an edge. And if calling someone the N-word or a honky or or a towel head or whatever gets somebody off their freaking game, that's what they're going to do. Then they're stupid, dude. I don't know what okay. else to tell you. I didn't say they were the smartest people in the stands. You're going to set up a beach chair on that island you're on there, Iceman? No, dude. No, you're not going to fucking soft pedal me around to agree to your point because I'm not going to agree to your point. I don't need you to agree to my point. My point is it's happened since the start of fucking sports. Yeah, and guess That's what else point. has happened? Guess what's also happened since we fucking be, evolved past single cell organisms? Rape, murder, infanticide. So all those things should be fine because they've been happening for a long time, huh? Wow, oh, dude. That's the dumbest that argument quickly. I've ever heard. Because We're talking it's, about, dude, it's the same line of logic people, you're using. And you're talking about rape and murder. Really? Really? Chucking fucking batteries at a fucking player who's not looking at you? Catch him in the eye? Really? I've, I'm sorry. I've, I, I've, I've had my cornea fucked up from just a pure fuckery of an accident. Someone I'm, talk, battery I'm talking at in generalization, Rich. This has happened my more over. than once. This is not an isolated incident. It's going just to happen as long as there's a sporting event. Can I, can I save you? Because you're, you're, you're badly making your point. I think what Earl is getting at here, Rich, now, while I don't defend the methods you're defending there, Iceman, is shit-talking's always been there. I think that's the point. Earl is trying, at least I hope that's the point you're trying to make, Earl. It, it, shit talking's always been there. Uh, interactions between players and fans have always been there. Throwing each other, throwing water bottles at and, and cups full of Gatorade and shit at fans. Uh, a hat trick at the NHL. They throw all the hats on the fucking ice. Things are good. going to get thrown. Get the Words fuck are out going of here, to be dude. You that's did not been, try to draw a correlation or parallel between people throwing fucking a hat trick to celebrate three fucking goals in one game to people fucking chucking shit at players with the intent of fucking hurting them at the least and piss or, or pissing them off at the least and hurting them at the worst. Come on, dude. That's what started the palace brawl. That's what started so many fucking brawls and hockey fuckers dumping their beer on guys in the penalty box and the players crawling into the stands and beating the shit out of the guys. And you know so what happens? You're, you're making Everybody my point. It happens. It fucking happens, bro. Okay, it happens. And so does murder. So fuck it. I, I don't understand your point. My your, point your, is, your only is, point is, is it happens. All of these journalists so are blowing life. this up because this guy got called the N word, got a couple of peanuts thrown at him. Like it's no, the worst thing that's ever happened. He's in the one. This happens. He, he's the one who blew it up. And 
the the media is running with it. This uh, this just gets back to the, let's let's get back on the map here. Back up back up to the original point here is he's the one that's blowing this out of proportion. And where are all these soft ass athletes coming from? Like weren't we talking about not even a month ago? Uh, some guy in the NBA lost his shit on a fan because a fan was talking shit at him, and you know, and, and it was pretty much thrown around the, the, the attitude like me and Rich talk about. Oh, you got to respect me. Get the fuck first. First, to both of these guys, you're a millionaire. Shut the fuck up. Number two, this comes with the territory. All right, whether it's a better, better, or worse shit. I, I made the point in the chat. I bet you Jackie Robinson had way worse shit. Shouted at him. Oh, it also probably came from players and management. So first we we got the soft players, and then to and then we're back to the the piousness of the fans again. What did I read when we were in our little pre-show meeting that Adam Jones got a fucking standing ovation tonight at Fenway Park? Get the fuck out of here, everybody. Okay, this is. I'm like I told you, man. I'm like Will Ferrell. In Zoolander, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And uh, can, let me just regale you with some of the awesome headlines. <laughs> when you scroll down the AP news, Jones says racial taunts speak to wider racial issues. Uh, let's see what else here. But, but Chris, that's my point. It's all focused on he got called the N word. A lot of people get called the N word. A lot of people get called made fun of because they're white. It happens. It's going to happen. We can argue all night whether it's right or wrong. It's going to happen. Okay. Is this your first so, day in sports? Hold on. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on I want to ask the guy. Okay. So you buy a ticket. You go to a sporting event. You see a player you don't like. You feel you have the right to throw something at him on the field? Me personally? Absolutely not. Okay. Does anybody have the right to throw something at him on the field? Anybody is free to do whatever they want to do. There are going oh, to be consequences. That's for them to deal with, not me. Okay. My point, Rich, is it's. I'm no, not going to debate is, with you, you if your it's point right is or wrong because I have my opinions on it. I don't think it is right. Your point my is point bullshit, is, dude. Is Just because it happens happen. doesn't. Uh, okay. Well, you know, and fuck it. You're going to die. So guess what? Throw out all your high blood pressure medication. Fuck it. Right. Ain't going to stop it from happening. So fuck it. What's the point? Why even have rules? Let's Here's have the thing, though, Rich. I'm not blowing up the fact that I have high blood pressure. Let I'm me not ask saying you a question, Moldy Locks. When are you going to go out of business for giving me high blood pressure? When are you in the Kansas chapter of Antifa going to go out and fucking start just riots and shit because you're just total anarchist? That's what I want to know. I'm saying. Because apparently dude, no rules it, matter. You, you can't blow up and say that, oh my God, all of this racial, ap- you know, atmosphere and everything it happened it happened before he was even born it'll happen after we both die it's gonna happen you are Stop so, trying to make it a big news story you are so fucking focused on the fact that it happens that you're completely fucking missing the point of the story instead of fucking painting an entire fucking city a, a boston as racist because some drunk fucking Southie cocksucker decided to fucking hurl out nigger because he thought it was fucking original and chuck peanuts at a guy, all right? Instead of going, that guy's a fucking asshole, they're painting the whole fucking fan base as assholes and racist. You got a fucking player who just came out today and made a statement saying, 
me and all the 62 other players of color, which is a complete misnomer, you mean black players, dummy? Because there's a lot of players who are of color who ain't black, but that's beside the point. That's that's how lost in the nonsense we get. The point is they're trying to fucking paint an entire fucking town as racist. And, well, the entire town should apologize. Why? The entire town didn't call him a nigger and throw fucking peanuts at him, did they? Also, the entire town wasn't there. All right, you want to argue about it? It's, it happened. It's going to happen. Duh, dude. Wow, that's deep, bro. Pass the pipe, okay? I'm talking about I don't know an issue that goes deeper. That's a societal issue that is now bleeding over into something as fucking trivial as sports, to where one person acts like an asshole and they get fucking lumped in with a group, and that whole group is now guilty. That's bullshit. Yeah, I believe today the city of Boston was told they have some work to do by Adam Jones. Which, too, if you, if, if you guys, uh, Rich, you, you follow baseball a lot. Isn't Adam Jones known for running his mouth an awful lot to the media? Yeah, he's, he's never short of a fucking quote. That's for, that's for sure. I mean, that'd be like yeah. saying, you know, David Wells hardly ever pushed away from a plate that wasn't empty. You know, I mean, come on, dude. There's, look, my... I, look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Talking shit to players, fine. You want to talk shit to players, I've seen people do it. I've seen people piss players off. I've seen people make players laugh. I'm one of them. All right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say 90-plus 90 percent of players in professional sports have thick enough skin to let it go or to take it for what it is. There's some fat fucking 40-year-old fuck sitting up there sucking on his fucking fifth beer stuffing a soft pretzel in his face with mustard stains on his $200 jersey talking shit to me and I'm a millionaire. Who's winning in this situation, motherfucker? Okay? Yeah, so exactly. It's these idiots who can't fucking take anything, whose mamas must have breastfed them until they were fucking 15, who got to go run and cry to everybody. <laughs> I was called a racial slur in Boston, so that means that all white people in Boston are racist. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm tired of this shit, man. That's the issue here. And as usual, you fucking shoehorned in something. Else. What's going to happen? Of course it's going to fucking happen. You know what? I'm sorry for even arguing with you about that. You're right, Earl. Of course it's going to fucking happen. The point is, whose fault is it? Is it Boston's fault? Is it Adam Jones's fault? No, it's the fault of the asshole who called him that and threw the fucking peanuts at him. That's whose fucking fault it is. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something that I really wish all sports would have fucking followed through on. Whatever fucking stadium they're in, when shit starts hitting the field, your team just forfeited the game. That shit would stop quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because you know what? It's gonna happen a few times until the fans see who did it, and then. Mob justice will take over because there's going to be motherfuckers going. Wait a minute, I've been waiting my whole life to see these fuckers win a championship, and you're gonna you're gonna cost us the chance because you want to get drunk and throw shit on the field. Grab him, hold him, because I'm about to fucking American History X his ass into the next fucking dimension. Gonna do what we wanted to do to Batman. <laughs> that's that's where I'm coming from on this. Okay, yes, it's going to happen, but just like other things in life, you have to fucking put punishments for shit like this to happen you're telling me that we have facial recognition software to where anytime there's a super bowl they can scan a crowd and pick out wanted felons and fucking go and get them but we can't fucking find out who threw shit when there's cameras all over a goddamn fucking baseball stadium come the fuck on dude
There's guys in the bullpen picking their ass and their nose, and they got a fucking camera on them t- for the entire fucking game. You're telling me that there's not any camera that can pick up what section that came from? And I, I'll do you one better. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll go the military route. Good old America. Mom, apple pie, and baseball, motherfucker. If it came from your section and no one's going to point out who fucking threw it or no one's going to admit up to it, everybody in that section, get the fuck out of my stadium. And you know what? You'll see motherfuckers go right there. That's the bastard. Get him the fuck out of here. I want to finish watching the game. Yeah. Whole section gets to leave with no refund. Yeah. That conversation. By the time that guy's finishing that sentence, you know, that guy will be being pushed to the. Yeah, no, it's this guy. Yeah, if Homeboy never crowd surfed in the 90s, he's going to have it happen in 2017 because they're going to pick his ass up and pass him back like he's fucking Scott Stapp in the fucking hire video. Yeah. Oh, right? we all got to leave because of this dipshit? Fuck no. He's a dude, this is, this is the shit This is the shit that gives sports a black eye. This is the shit that these fucking jackasses on Twitter sit and wait for. Oh, look, sports fans are racist. I'm surprised somehow they didn't fucking work in because they threw peanuts at him that that's racist somehow. Well, what do you, who do you throw peanuts at? Animals in a zoo. <gasps> he's calling him an animal because he's black. I'm surprised no one's fucking come up with that. Maybe tomorrow. Or rather, by the time this is posted, you know there'll be four or five articles saying that shit now. You know it. What, they were calling him George Washington Carver? Yeah, exa- exactly. 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 Let's play connect the dots on a fucking coloring book. That's what the fuck they're doing, right? There's, it's, it's been, at least as far as I know, it's been a law. You get on the field to play, and you're not paid to be there. You go to jail. You throw something on the field, you go to jail. Now, I'm not in favor of fucking jailing people for throwing around racial ins- uh, racial epithets at people, but I am all for that fucking team bouncing that motherfucker out of their stadium, giving him a lifetime ban. I mean, people are banned for a lot less from places. So the fact that it happens and it's going to happen, it, 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 it's, it's irrelevant. What needs to be done about it? And shaming a whole town through the press and trying to paint a whole fan base as racist is not the way to let it happen. And what really irritates me is that anyone with half a fucking brain and any sense of history knows the racial fucking issues that have happened in Boston. Knows the reputation the Boston Red Sox had as far as issues with race relations dating back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And what really irks me is that I watched that fucking team in 2004 win a World Series, and that was a fucking team that definitely wasn't all white. And I watched fans in the stadiums, and it wasn't all white people. But now all of a sudden, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you got to be white and you got to be racist. Why? Because Adam Jones said so. And by the way, anyone... Find it funny that this is a team that's in the same division as him. And so he's managed to lob a fucking hand grenade into their locker room to distract them from fucking actually winning games with this nonsense. Like, has no one picked up on the fact that there might be some gamesmanship going on here? Oh, right. Fucking with people's heads. Because I'm going to tell you what. If this was the Yankees and the Yankee Stadium were to happen, you know what the Yankees would have done? Yankees would have come out and said, well, we're taking measures to find that fan and blah, 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 blah. And he will be... If he's a se- if he's a season ticket holder, season tickets will be revoked, and he'll be banned from the Yankee Stadium from here on out, and blah blah blah, and that's the end of the fucking story because that's yeah. how the Yankees handle shit. Boston's over there fucking fumbling because they 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 don't know what the fuck to do. They're so afraid of being fucking called racist. Well, guess what? They're going to call you racist anyways. So go out there, say we're doing our best to find who did it. 
We're gonna fucking bounce his ass from the fucking Fenway. He'll never he'll never be allowed in Fenway again. Have a nice one, people. The only person who needs to apologize to Adam Jones is the fucker who did it to him. This is nonsense. Although I did find it. What did he say? That he thinks the fans should be fined like ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars so they can what know he, how it affects him. Really? Is he, is he high? Does he? No, I know, right? He, he he literally said either ten, twenty, or thirty. Man, does he not realize just legalized pot? Does, does so he maybe. not realize that thirty thousand dollars is like what like it's like thirty two thousand is like what the average person makes in this fucking country? You're gonna take a year's worth of pay from him because they said something that hurts your feelings? <laughs> Seriously? Let me let me ask you this question then, Rich. Would this be considered a hate crime? He assaulted him and called him a, a racial slur. So that's that, wouldn't that be considered if a hate you, crime? Go by the definition no, of hate crime. Yeah. Okay. If this, if the guy who threw the peanuts at him, the same guy that called called him a nigger. Yep. I guess that's a hate crime then. But if it's two separate people, no. There's no law that says you can't call them. There's no law that says you can't walk up to someone and call them any racial epithet that crosses your mind. All right. But the 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 law of the street is, you better be able to back your shit up because if not, you're gonna get your shit blown the fuck out. And to me, this is. I- Hate to say it, I'm not saying, and I'm not when I say street, I don't mean the hood. I'm talking about person to person, face to face interaction with another human being. If I walk up to someone on the street, it could be in a wealthy neighborhood, a poor neighborhood, a farming community, it doesn't fucking matter. And I go, you know what? You're a fucking motherfucking cocksucker, and I hope you drop dead right now. I better be prepared for him to fucking take a swing at me. I'm wondering how much of this fucking sour grapes is Adam Jones. Wants to go up and beat the shit out of the guy in the fucking stands, but he can't. So he's throwing a temper tantrum in the press because he can't do what he wants to do, which is go over there and knock the motherfucker's teeth down his throat. By the way, Adam Jones makes $16 million a year. So he wants them to feel his pain. If if he's fined, or excuse me, yeah, $16 million a year. So if he's fined $30,000, break it down as as to how much of a percentage of that is, is $16 million. So I guess you find the guy like, what, 40 cents who is in the stands? Yeah, I know, right? If he makes, and I don't understand too why Adam Jones didn't do the hey motherfucker hey you know what you're an asshole I'm gonna go get in my car that costs more than your house I'm gonna go back to my house that costs more than all of the houses of your immediate family put together and I'm gonna go fuck my wife who's hotter than any chick you've ever fucked like why not just take that and even that that dipshit in the NBA who got all butthurt a couple weeks ago. Why wasn't that your fuck? I mean I know you start getting the classist and elitist when you talk like that, but. Back, quote you, Rich. Who who's the winner in this scenario? Really? I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a CBS headline, local out of here, Detroit. Red Sox fans at Fenway seek redemption after Adams Jones' night of racist. Oh, hold on a sec. Because, because the CBS standing and applauding him fixes everything. By the way, yeah, racism over. The CBS, the CBS page in here in Detroit, I don't know if it does it around the country. It refreshes every couple fucking minutes, whether you want it to or not. Anyways, yeah, Red Sox fans at Fenway seek redemption after Adam Jones' night of racist taunts. Night of racist taunts. Now, let's just look at that. <laughs> Worst playing night like? ever. What does that sound like? It sounds like they put him down there smack dab on, 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 on top of the pitcher's mound. And everybody called him every racial slur they could think of for a black person that was at Fenway Park. Making it sound like it was White Hood Night. Give it away, give it away at the gates of Clan Mask. Here you go, everybody. 
Nonsense. Come back next week. We can throw watermelon at everybody. It's nonsense. It's It's blown out of proportion. It's garbage. Wow, Chris. (laughs) It's a non-fucking story that's been blown out of proportion because why people who don't give a single fuck about sports now have a side to pick in an argument. And they... And the, these people are the people who are offended for everybody else constantly. You know, I read an article recently. I was going to save this for Unregimented, but it, it seems like it maybe it applies to sports, too. I read an article recently that said, as a country, we used to have no empathy or very little for our fellow man. And somewhere in the last 10, 15 years, we've developed, we, we, we have an overdeveloped sense of empathy. We want to say we feel everybody else's pain. But the truth is, what we need is, Less empathy and more compassion. Because all we're doing when, we're, when, when we empathize with one side and demonize an entire other group when it was one person who did something is piss people off and create more people who are going fuck you and push back harder against moving forward. This is not going to make fucking baseball. I don't give a fuck if, the, if, if MLB, the entire entity of MLB comes out and apologizes to Adam Jones. How the fuck does this take away what happened? How the fuck does this move us forward as a society? Yeah, what does it change? It's it, I quote nothing. I quote Adam Carolla. Problem solved, everybody. You gave him a white guilt standing ovation. Well, that's it. It's all for racism in Boston. It's over. Please. Well, the, once again, the problem is we're sitting here on a sports show. And it's not just us. Because we're following the leader, okay? To quote Eric B. and Rakim. That's what we're fucking doing. And, and, and the leader is... The sports zeitgeist, and at this point, these are the stories that are fucking high up in it. And you have to ask yourself, why? And really, it all comes down to people who don't give a shit about yours about sports, unless something happens that they can fucking push their agenda and shoehorn it in there. And this is a this is a story that's tailor made for 2017. If this was scripted, it couldn't be any better. You have a black man playing baseball, which. There's, I, I've talked about it on this show, I think Earl, before you were on here, but there is a serious lack of influx of black players into, the, um, into, in, into baseball, professional baseball, to the point where there's been like meetings with black leaders and community leaders, like why, is, why are black youth not playing baseball? Right? Got to build that so, wall, man. That's so, what's happening. Right there, right there, the, those people, they can hop on board. Well, this is why, because it's, it's baseball so racist. Really? Really? It, baseball so racist? You mean the sport that will fucking pay millions of dollars for the rights to talk to a fucking pitcher who's from fucking Japan? They literally bid on the rights to negotiate a contract with this pitcher. You know, these pitchers, these players from Japan. Baseball, who, who has scouts all over fucking the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, et cetera, et cetera, Venezuela, looking for fucking players. Really? Is it baseball is racist or is it there's a racist asshole in the stands who fucking pissed off a player and probably ruined a few people's nights around him? Because I gotta, I, I really have to wonder this. If this shit would have happened, what would have happened if this shit would have happened? There would have been a black guy sitting close enough to him to hear him say that shit. And that guy went <laughs> over there and cleaned his clock. Exactly. See, that's some coward shit. You know, you know the first thing he did. We're, we're all three white. We've all three seen it and or done it. Before you say something that might be taken out of context, you do the look around. 
I bet you this asshole fucking did that many times before he started hurling out that fucking word. So he's a Was it Louis C.K.? Is, is, is it an old joke or is it Louis C.K. that asks how every racist joke, you know, the thing is how does every racist joke start? It's some, someone looking over both shoulders. I think it's Louis C.K., yeah. Yeah. So, any, so I, I'm glad for the city of Boston, the racist, horrible city of Boston, that there's <laughs> racism has been solved tonight. And Adam Jones is the second coming of Christ, and he is without sin, so he can cast all the stones he wants. And so from here on out, from here until kingdom come, until, until white Jesus comes back and fucking there's peace in the meadow and all that shit, we will never ever hear another racial issue come out of Boston because it's all been taken care of, right? Yep. We're done, right? So we can scratch Boston off the list. Yep, because okay. they gave him a white guilt standing ovation. Okay. So, white guilt standing ovation. So, Chris, so the, no more talking for you tonight. So the next time we hear a, a story that has any type of <laughs> racial overtones come out of Boston, we all get to stand up and call it fake news because we all solved Boston solved the racism racism problem in, in its city tonight. So it, they can't have any more racism. It's been solved. Adam Jones has been placated. It's it, If he... It's, uh, the whole black race goes as Adam Jones goes. So there you go. But cover that ESPN. <laughs> of course, with their new with their new fucking anchors, the chick could probably get on there and go, "Pac-Man Jones, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens, was verbally <laughs> attacked tonight by the Boston Celtics fans. <laughs> they threw Tom Brady bobbleheads at him. What the fuck?" <laughs> Jamil, how do you feel about this? Let's go for her live reports. Christ. Uh, we're, already at the, we're already at the three-hour mark. Let's just, let's just fucking wrap it up. We're not, we're not wrap it up, but, but, but kind of do a quick run-through on the two. To me, the, the two stories coming out of the playoffs right now. Where the teams are at in their oh, series. Wait, 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 Rich. Before you get to the NHL, I got to talk about the NBA playoffs. We'll go. Real quick, LeBron James is being heralded for beating it. Oh my! The Washington Generals of the NBA—that's Indy for anybody else. Indy, Indiana Pacers. Good job, LeBron. You swept the Pacers. Woo, freaking who? And now you got the Harlem Globetrotters with Toronto. Good luck. I mean, I'm kind, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you there, Ice Man. Ooh, you you beat the number seven seed. Ooh. Yeah, you right? did what you were supposed to do. Uh, you know, the Raptors, they're the number three seed in the East. Don't write them off. They're still in the East, boss. Seriously, stop it. <laughs> well, you had what? Uh, what's his nuts? Isaiah Thomas dropped 53 tonight. Well, yeah, but Isaiah Thomas bullets. fought through well, the sorry, loss. Sorry, the, the Wizards. Sister. Yeah, he came back and beat Chicago mm-hmm. after the loss of his sister and is one up on Washington. The real story right now, because Golden State is never a story until they get to the finals. It, they, except for that they embarrassed Portland in game four, embarrassed them. Holy shit. But right now the the huge story is Houston shut down the MVP wannabe Westbrook and one and oh, also, he broke a triple double record. How is he a wannabe? I still don't understand how you think. Because his his individual He is in the history books. How is that a wannabe? His individual performance did not lead his team through the playoffs. So what? Okay, 
again, Barry Sanders, great, great performance, has a great title, uh, many titles to his name. Didn't lead his team through the playoffs. He's not most valuable player. Still in the Hall of Fame. And I would say he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Dan Marino never won a title. He's still a Hall of Fame player. I'm not arguing if Westbrook's going to be Hall of Fame. I'm saying an MVP to the season, he can't do it. You can't lead your team through the playoffs by yourself. Sorry, son. You're not Mike. You want to be like him. Wear the air, man. Spin the ball on your finger. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. He's in the same history books as Michael Jordan. James Harden shut that book and said, good with your triple-double. Now go on home. Great, and if the Rockets lose in the if the Rockets lose in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook's name will still be in the history books after this season. Harden's won't. Yeah, but they also just embarrassed the San Antonio Spurs with their worst loss in the game one ever at home with a twenty seven point loss. Okay, win a win a title and I'll be impressed. I'm just saying. They're not gonna win a title because as soon as the Utah Jazz gets ousted they got to go up against golden state and i just don't see anybody beating golden state that team was stacked last year and it's double stacked it's like a double stuff oreo this year no matter what happens you got cream that's it well i guess we'll see i mean that's the only series that isn't underway yet which it's funny because wasn't it like golden state one of the first one done oh they're playing right now gotcha because, yeah, Boston's up on the Wizards, Cleveland's up on the Raptors, and Houston's up on the Spurs. And coming in about 10 minutes, Golden State's going to be up on Utah. And don't run off the Spurs, man. They're the number two seed. Yeah, but they got embarrassed, bruh. Like, whoa. So, you don't go 82-0. and You win some, you lose some, man. In the middle of the third quarter, dude, it was 72-35. to I'm just saying. Ooh. Wow. Embarrassed. A college game? <laughs> it was embarrassing. I was like, oh, my God. What happened, San Antonio? Did they forget because, Manu Ginobili? The thing, Did they just forget to tell him there's a game? It, here's the thing, though. We joked about it or, or discussed Westbrook. Kawhi Leonard was big on being one of the people considered as an MVP candidate. I just, I don't, I don't know what happened to the San Antonio Spurs in that game. They got beat like they didn't know how to play, man. Greg Popovich was at a loss for words in the interview. He's like, yep, we lost, they won. Mm. Well, what, like, well, what, what can you fuck? say? Well, that's what I was saying. I was watching it going, huh? It's like I turned on this game with the Utah Jazz. It's 72-61, to 61, Golden State, and that's the third quarter. I'm like, okay, that's... At least you're trying to keep it respectable. You're not going to win, but 72-35? to 35? Nah, <laughs> dude. Dude, yeah, you got doubled up. Jesus. But still number two seed. Everyone has an off night. We'll see how this goes down in a week. Shall we move on to hockey? Yeah, I just wanted to point out that stop talking about King James beating the Pacers. For God's sake, it's the Pacers. Yeah, no, I'm, well, too, I'm with you on that as far as, trust me, you know I mean, you've talked to me during college football season. I have the same mentality. Hey, congratulations. You did what you're supposed to. You're not... The, you know, let's not be hailed as the second coming of Michael Jordan just yet. You're number two seed, you beat a seven seed. Uh, last time I checked, you're supposed to do that. Hey, you yeah, know, and, and moving to hockey, Rich, stop it. I'm the damn Iceman calling this shit about Sidney Crosby getting knocked out. The we'll get to that. The only thing you said we'll, about we will it get was... To, we will get to that. Hold on. <laughs> stop fucking, stop date raping us with your time suck. We'll get to it. I, there's two stories that have come out of the playoffs. I... I 
you want to give partial updates, partial score updates, and act like you're fucking doing breaking news on a podcast that gets posted two days after we record with the NBA playoffs. All you, Chief. Me, I'm not. I'm not doing it with, with hockey. It just I've listened back. It sounds like shit. So the two biggest stories come out of this fucking week since no series were settled. Was the Predators defenseman blowing a fucking wheel, going back trying to get the puck, and getting driven into the boards? That has got to be without seeing blood. One of the worst fucking injuries I've ever seen outside of Pronger. Ta- I, I think I believe it was Pronger taking a puck to the chest and his heart stopping and Yuri Fisher having a heart attack on the fucking bench. I saw all three of those. Uh, he broke his fibula and in breaking his fibula, ruptured his fucking artery and his fucking thigh. So uh, felt, I, I'm... Shame to admit, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name. It's Kevin Fila, F-I-A-L-A, Fila, I guess. Yeah. But Fila, I don't know. Whatever. He, it ain't spelled the same way. But, uh, you know, the usual fucking, anytime you have an injury like that in hockey, the usual fucking talk starts of, was well, it a dirty play? I didn't see anything dirty. Nope. Not even a little bit. He's He's one of the... Best skaters on the team as far as keeping himself on his feet, according to all his teammates, according to all the scouting reports. This was a freak occurrence for him to lose his footing like he did. Even more of a freak occurrence to go into the fucking boards like he did. But when he went into the boards and was on his stomach, and I saw his leg move at an angle from the middle of his fucking thigh that it ain't supposed to move, I was like, Oh, shit. Homeboy is in for fucking a whole world of hurt. And more so is the the player kept playing, like trying to keep him down, didn't realize that he got hurt that bad. Well, that's, <coughs> excuse me, that's how, it's not uncommon for players to go into the boards. Nope. I mean, most, most of the time what happens is if they go in feet first, they end up breaking their ankle. And you see their, their, their foot at a weird angle, you know, or... So, something a lot, or you know, if they go in, obviously, if they go in and they go in upper body first, that could be bad news, you know, concussion, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think I've seen guys get their shoulders dislocated, blowing a, blowing a skate, you know, going back to play the puck. You know, it happens, but it completely blew my mind. It was the talk of this was a dirty play. And I'm sitting here going, Are you, you've got to be kidding me, right? In a league where you have players skating around. Not just Crosby, by the way, because there's other players that, 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 that did it right around the same time. The difference was their last name wasn't Crosby, so they, they got punished for it. The league took action. But, you know, doing fucking, you know, spearing guys in their crotches, doing, I mean, basically taking their stick and not even slashing, but like double, like, like if they're swinging a fucking sword at medieval times, hacks at each other. You got players fucking cross-checking guys in the back of the fucking neck and shit. And nothing's coming of it. And you don't even hear fucking, is this, this a dirty play? This gets labeled a dirty play. See, this is the, this is the shit that's going to fuck hockey over in the long run. Because hockey, to, to a certain segment of people, is NASCAR. They only watch it to see the fights and people get hurt. But then you got a certain segment that anytime someone gets hurt in, in a play like this, they like to point to it and say, see how vicious this sport is? It's a freak occurrence, guys. It's no different than if it, a ball slips out of a fucking pitcher's hand and drills a guy in the fucking head on a three, two count bases loaded bottom of the ninth and, and the world series is on the line. He wasn't trying to fucking throw at that guy's head. 
shit happens. So that right there has already got me a little irritated. And then this bullshit with Crosby. I'll let Earl go ahead because you know I got plenty to say on it. So you might as well. Oh no no no! I'm going to give this to you because you called it. You said the only thing I hope I can hope for is that somebody takes and hits Crosby hard enough to knock his ass out, and that's exactly what happened. Well, dude, once again, you reap what you sow and chickens come home to roost. All right? Crosby plays with a protective bubble around him as far as calls go, and he's allowed to be as dirty as he wants to be, and he never has to answer the bell. By the way, when I say answer the bell, that's slang for drop the gloves and fucking defend his chicken shit actions. He never has to do it. And if he does, he's a type of pussy who skates around with his gloves on and waits until he can get a couple fucking sucker punches in on people. Plenty of video evidence of this on YouTube. If you're sitting here disagreeing with me in your mind, you are wrong. You may stop your internal monologue. You are wrong. Go look it up on YouTube. Look at it. Learn to love it. It's a fact. If this is your fucking golden boy, your hero is a bitch-made motherfucker, and he always has been since he entered the league. There's no debate on this. All right? Now they're saying his play was fucking dirty. And I have people who probably couldn't tell me what a two-line pass was. And I realize it's no longer in the game, but if you can't tell me what one is, I really don't want to hear your opinion about historically in the game of hockey saying that he was viciously cross-checked. If you've watched that play, the defenseman doesn't even get extension on him. Crosby's trying to do a fucking dangle through the fucking paint, all right? The puck gets poked away by Ovechkin, and uh, Niskanen fucking basically is in a defensive posture, and he never fucking is fully extended on him. Look at his arms. He's never fully extended into Crosby. The problem is Crosby tried to fucking come in and thought it was a fucking regular season game, and he was going to skate around and forgot it was the playoffs where these guys will fucking put their bodies and their fucking possibly careers on the line to stop him from doing that shit. And what happened? He got his bell rang. And so, of course, here we go. The hockey community uh, has, has, has pretty much split on this. Everybody who swings from Bettman and fucking Crosby's nuts says it's a dirty play. Worst play they've ever seen. This guy should be out for the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. And everybody else is going... It really wasn't that dirty of a play. It was an unfortunate play. It was a bad play. It's unfortunate, but there was nothing dirty about it. Dirty means you, that that player sat there with the intent of causing the harm that he caused or more to Crosby when he when that play happened. I challenge anyone to look at that play and tell me that you see that in fucking Niskanen's eyes when he's fucking when that play goes down. I, I also want to point out, Rich, with the Nashville player. There was a huge show of good sportsmanship for that guy. Yes, which, of course, gets lost in it, which is amazing because that gets lost in the whole dirty play fucking talk. The guy who hit him walked with him. The guy got put on a stretcher to be taken out. And the guy that, that was behind him that got carried into the boards with him walked with him off the ice. I mean, you don't see that in any other sport. No. Some guy gets carted off the field on football, so, you know, they'll take a knee and – Hey, man, sorry. Hope you come back. And they go on about their business. This guy did nothing wrong. It just, it was a happenstance and just escorted him off the ice. It was such a, 
a moment and and the and the the St. Louis player uh fans all cheered him you know off the ice not a cheering and haha look at what we got you know we did to you but hey you know get better type of type of cheering you know it, it it's just it's really different world when it comes to hockey than it is when it comes to football or, or basketball or anything like that. That's what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand these guys go out there and they fight tooth and nail. But unless there's bad blood between people on a personal level, when the game's over, it's over with. I mean, that's one of the weirdest things that people, that to, to, to casual hockey fans, after Bob Probert died, they do an annual ride in his memorial, uh, memory for like some charity or something like that. And they see all these guys that he used to play against, Ty Domi, Tony Twist, Scott Parker, come out and like, you know, in support of this. And they're like, dude, they used to beat the shit out of each other on the ice. And it's like, it's not personal. Okay. It's, it, if you're not in, if you don't know the sport of hockey and the culture surrounding it, you're not going to understand it. That's why your opinion, while you have the right to it, is uninformed. And you really just need to shut the fuck up if you don't know what you're talking about because you're just making yourself look like an idiot. Right. And I wanted to talk about it last week, but I got disconnected. Um, hockey's the only sport that once you're eliminated from the playoffs, the teams will line up and shake each other's hand. I don't care how many fights broke out. I don't care who got hurt. What they said on the ice doesn't matter. All said and done, good freaking series. You know, good luck on your journey. Okay, we'll see you next season. The, no the other only, sport does that. The, the the last time I can remember that happening between two teams that it wasn't hockey was, oh, I. if I'm wrong on the team who won, I know it happened and, and, and when the Dodgers were in the playoffs. The Dodgers got knocked out of the playoffs. I want to say by Arizona. And so Arizona, of course, is celebrating on the field. And the, and the Dodgers, instead of going to the clubhouse, they're sitting in the in the dugout. And as the celebration died down, the entire team come out, and they basically did what they did at the end of a hockey game. At the end of, or not a hockey game, but the end of a series. They lined up, and they all shook fucking hands, and they congratulated them and sent them on to the second round. On their home field, by the way. So that's the only, I, I'm right there with you. That's the only time I can really think of it. I mean, of course, you know, football games, you see the post-game handshakes, players, hey, what's up, what's up? But it's not the same. You know, they're going over to their boys or players they yeah, like. Or quarterbacks go to quarterbacks, coaches meet at midfield, shake hands. Yeah. Well, anyways, just to because we're going to have to go real quick. I, I, I didn't realize we were going to take as much time talking about everything else but fucking hockey as we did. Um, but this thing with, with, with Crosby, now, Niskanen, the guy who was supposedly you know, with intent to injure, okay, he received a five-minute major and a game misconduct, which means he got the gate. Now, what I find funny is that knowledgeable hockey people say this type of play happens multiple times during a game. It's just the nature of the beast if you get caught up in it the wrong way and you get caught the wrong way and you get your bell rung, which seems to have happened. On top of that, Crosby has a history of concussions, and I think we all know the more concussions you have, the more susceptible you are each new one you get. So while he has a concussion and it looks bad, if he'd have never had a concussion, he might have just, you know, had his bell rung for a second, got up and been fine. He didn't have the history of them. But what I'm wanting to point out is any hockey fan listening to this podcast, go back, watch two incidences this season involving Crosby. Watch the spearing he did on the guy's nuts. 
and the slash he did that, that fucking basically amputated the, the tip of a finger's of a guy's finger through his fucking gloves. And listen, go back and listen to the comment, the Pittsburgh commentary, and the Pittsburgh apologist and the Crosby lovers say that those plays happen all the time in sports. It's not that big of a deal that, that Crosby wasn't penalized or penalized after the game for him. Now look at something like this. This happens. Way less intent than a double than a two-handed slash that fucking amputates the tip of a guy's finger through his fucking protective glove. And they're calling for blood for this guy. They want Niskanen out for the fucking remainder of the playoffs, etc., etc. Completely ridiculous. And I know there's a lot of people that say I'm, I'm wrong for this. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying I hope Crosby's career is over. I hope he's done for the series. Because now I want to see now I want to see that team play without their little fucking golden boy with his fucking own set of rules skating around. And let's see how well they do. Yeah, I level even, playing field with the refs. I even maintain, and I've said this before, one of the first episodes I said this, I don't even think Crosby is the best player on that fucking team. If we're talking about all-around players. I mean, if we're talking just pure skill, et cetera, et cetera, yes, he is the best in certain areas. But all around, I don't think he's the best player on that team. So let's see if that team can step the fuck up now. Now that they don't have their their version of the mid-90s Michael Jordan where you can't touch him, but he can take five, six steps to the fucking basket going for a, a dunk or a layup. Whereas everybody, you know, Everybody better just get the fuck out the way. You can't hammer them. Can't fucking hack them. All right, because I I I really want to see what Pittsburgh's capable of, and they and they've it, as of right now they're up. They're up two one in the series. So there's no excuse if the team is as good as they say they are for them not to fucking soldier through this and finish off the Capitals. But you know what's going to happen if they lose. It's going to be it's going to be well a dirty hit took Crosby out. And et cetera, et cetera. And I've even had people try to, if you watch the play, try to say that fucking Ovechkin slashed Crosby in the back of the head before he took the fucking so-called cross check. Now, Earl, if you've seen that play, have, did you see Ovechkin two-hand slash him in the back of the head at any point? Absolutely did not. I mean, this is, the, this is like, I, I get having opinions in sports and like, you know, oh, man, the refs are out to get us and shit. I understand that. But just seeing shit that didn't happen, either take your meds or get your eyes checked. Because you're either having a psychotic break or you're blind. That's just all there is to it. But, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, As as of right now, I haven't heard anything about as far as how long he's going to be out. Um, He's not going to play game four. Oh, they finally, okay, because... The articles I have sitting here open didn't say whether he's playing game four yet or not. Or game well, four fa- or not yet. Our, our favorite four-letter network on the bottom of the screen says uh, that he's not playing game four. He's got a concussion. Well, I we'll I, I guess we'll see. I mean, and of course, Washington. And, and and see, here's the bitch of it. It's a no-win situation for Washington. If they lose, they got beat by a team without their fucking player, without their without their captain, without the the greatest player in the NHL. If they win, they beat a team without the greatest player in the NHL. So they can't win. So the, the only thing, the only choice they have now to do at this point is just to win the whole goddamn cocksucking motherfucking thing and just say, you can, you can talk all the shit you want, but guess what? My name's on that cup forever, and this ring right here says that you can shut the fuck up. Pope, Pope Patrick Wah? 
Huh? Yeah. I can't hear you. I got this ring I, I, in my ear. I, I don't know. Yeah, I two of them. One in each yeah. ear, I believe, was the quote. Yeah, that's it exactly was. what he said. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> real quick, uh, side note on that, I uh, got caught in a YouTube fucking click hole and was watching like sports fucking like list and stuff. And they were talking about uh, one of the t- 10 best insults in sports history. And that was like number four. <laughs> what beat that? Oh, it was so funny though. What beat that? Um, to me, that is probably some of the best shit talking ever. Oh shit. Uh, that's Broadway shit. Broadway. At least Joe top three. Broadway Joe was up there with his prediction. Which I don't know if that's can. I guess back then that'd be considered talking shit. Nowadays that'd just be like whatever. But back then I guess it was a big deal to basically fucking guarantee a victory. Um, God, I can't think of the other two that was ahead of it. I'll have to. Try, I'll have to try to dig that up. I'll send that that, that video to you guys if I find it because it's it's funny as shit. <laughs> and I hey, hate hey, Patrick Block. It, it it's worth mentioning that uh, the Blues have finally cracked uh, Pecorino. The problem is Jake Allen is a leaky some bitch. Oh no, I, dude! I was that was the other thing I was going to say is uh, uh, as far as where the series stand. Um, yeah, uh, Blues showing a lot more than I fucking gave him credit for. I gotta say that. But they've yeah, at least they're, they're they, all done. They've at least upgraded to second round fodder. But, I mean, <laughs> as of right now they're down what three one. Yep. They lost tonight two to one, but there was a lot of fighting in that game. I just watched it. I mean, the uh, you know Rangers they won game three, so they're down two one. Nashville's you know up obviously three one on St. Louis. Uh, Pittsburgh's two to one over the Rangers. Pitt, Pittsburgh's uh, you know up on Washington, and Anaheim's up on Edmonton. I'll say this: uh-uh. Uh-uh. if Edmonton's Edmonton, up on Anaheim two to one. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I'll say this: Edmonton is the little fucking team that 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 can. Like, dude, I, I said it back when we made our picks. I was, I mean, I didn't pick them because I thought they were too young. I'm happy to be proved wrong. Really am. I, if this came down to a fucking uh, Edmonton Washington Cup Finals, I wouldn't that would be, be something to watch. That would be a watchable final. That I, I yeah, I, I couldn't be mad at all. You know. I mean, I know that I know that the sexy pick would be for just for ratings for the NHL would be well, most likely Pittsburgh and Anaheim. You know, two teams in the last you know ten, well, twelve years, whatever. They've won cups. Yes, I talk shit about Pittsburgh, but you know, Pittsburgh's been a fucking. They're part of the '67 expansion, and they have a fucking strong fan base going back Juggernaut. decades now. So, I mean, I can't talk shit about their fan base. I just hate their fucking, their golden boy. And Anaheim, I mean, I, I got to give it up, man. I, <laughs> going through Netflix the other day, I saw the Mighty Ducks 2. Hit play, watched five minutes, damn near threw up the lunch I just ate, turned it off and realized, wow, they went from that to a fucking act, to, to winning a Stanley Cup, so... You know. Yeah, that, but... It, that th- movie does down, not stand the uh, test of time. Two to one, Rich, but... Uh, that third game, though, six to three, looked like the pissed. Looked like the flying V worked. I don't know what happened, but Anaheim got pissed. Yeah, but dude, Anaheim's type of fucking team that can come back and fucking just—I mean, just get pissed and fucking win two, 
one or two games they're not supposed to, and that's it. Then they just have to hold the line and, and, and win the games they're supposed to win. I mean, it's – I hate to say it, but with the, with the forced parity in the NHL since the lockout in the 2000s, and, and this has been no secret, I feel this way, Bettman's been trying to turn this game into basketball on ice for decades now. One of the things that he's really done that, to me, I draw a parallel between basketball and hockey now is it's not really a series until the home team loses. I mean, it's a cliched thing they say in NBA during the playoffs. Well, it just so happens to pretty much now be a, a, a legit, in my opinion, way to look at the NHL playoffs. So, you know... We'll see. I know next week at this point, we'll, we'll know who the f- four remaining teams are. But, yeah, it's definitely turning turned out to be a lot more interesting playoffs than, than I thought I would, it would be, especially since I have no team that I'm, like, 100% rooting for. <laughs> yeah, but the goaltender for the St. Louis Blues, bro, they, Jake Allen, he doesn't even have a, a design on his mask. He, he's kind of dressed in just blues colors, kind of just standing there. And he's become leakier than my gr- my wife on her second day of her period. It, it's <laughs> I'm serious, man. Anything they throw at that guy, just I watched him tonight, and the two girls that were scored, he just kind of stood there, like, okay, I'm blocking the net. What was that? Like he didn't even move. Do you think he's gassed? I think he needs a rest. Yes. I mean, he's only 26. I'm just saying, bro. It. Either, like I told you when this series started, either Nashville is just that freaking hungry or he, he's, he spent everything he had in the first round. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've all seen it in the NHL, NHL playoffs to some extent. Like goalies who just, they, they use it all up in the first round. And then after that, see ya. Yeah, that's, that's usually, usually that's when a, a goalie will steal you a series. AKA Lundquist in the first round. And, or Pecorine. Yeah, I guess I guess if it, the way things are looking right now, those are the two teams that, that had a goalie steal them a series, one out of the East, one out of the West, respectively. I mean the, the Blackhawks got what, three goals in four games? St. Louis has solved the problem of scoring on Pecorine. But they haven't figured out Jake Allen cannot stop. Zu, uh, Suba, whatever his name is. Who's the black guy? Subban, PK Subban, Subban. Yeah, yeah. Can't stop. They can't stop him, man. Which, by the way, was a big trade earlier in the season when Shea Weber was traded straight up for PK Subban and Montreal, and a lot of hockey fucking talking heads were just saying that Montreal got the steal of the century there because PK Subban wasn't worth the hassle, et cetera, et cetera. And well, PK Subban's still in the playoffs, and Montreal ain't. So think yeah, about that. I, I made a comment that I felt that that, that Subban's like you know he's at least in the top five defensemen in the entire league. And having that discussion with other hockey fans, they told me I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, and I'm just like, okay, well, we'll see playoff time. <laughs> well, I have a sports podcast, and you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't pull that card. I'm not that big of an asshole. <laughs> My half-assed opinion is better than yours. I'm just saying, uh, dude. I'm just going by look the numbers 
and the intangibles that metrics can't weigh and the fact that i mean you know shea weber is nothing to fucking sneeze at he's i mean red wings would probably give a whole lot to have him on their fucking team last season but you know it's just pk suban is is i think he's I hate to say this because this is this has been like the racial episode, but I think there's an element in hockey that sees him and they go, "Oh, he's a black defenseman," and they kind of undervalue him or or underestimate him. And I don't understand why, because there's really, I, I mean, there's there's been rumblings of fans and and shit like that making comments about you know racial comments about him. And like, dude, that shit, that shit fucking sucks. There's really no fucking reason for it. I mean, I'm not talking. And once again, this is not at the game. This is them go, calling in the sports, you know, their, you know, their sports, local sports station. It happened in Chicago. Apparently it's happened a few times in fucking St. Louis. And there's no need for all that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Rich, and it, and you, I, you could call him a nigger. You could throw peanuts at him. You could throw hats on the ice. I'm telling you, bro, I've been watching Nashville play. And it just looks like a freight train. Like, they're not going to stop. I don't care what you put on the track in front of them. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If it comes down to Nashville, Edmonton, I think that's going to be a war. I, I just That's just my opinion. Because Edmonton is young and are overachieving at this point. And at least in my opinion. And maybe in their locker room, they're thinking we're doing what we're supposed to do. And this is exactly where we're supposed to be at. I didn't see this happen. I did not see them getting past the Sharks. I did not see in the series being where it's at last week when we talked about it a week later with them leading the series. And I've just completely slept on Nashville, apparently. In fact, there was an article through, I want to say the hockey news, that said that, you know, Nashville is the new USA hockey town. And I'm like, oh, no. I don't no. know how far I'd go with all that. But, you know, I did say last week. The fans in Nashville, the actual fans, are rabid. The ones who are actual fans. The bandwagon fans, they're just bandwagon fans, man. Right, but when we talked about it, Rich, uh, before the playoffs, we talked about hockey, and I asked you, is there any standout goaltender that comes to mind that, you know, plays of the old guard? And we had that discussion. Dude, when I watched Nashville... Pecorine has that old attitude. I don't care if it's going way wide. I don't care if the, if it's you know behind the net. You know, it, he just he stops everything that comes at him. And if he doesn't, he doesn't let it get out of control to where the scoring's to a point that their team can't catch up. They've played eight games. They've lost one. Dude, all you have to do, in my opinion is point to round one, three goals in four games. He just fucking shit all over the Chicago's offense. Well, I mean, he's shitting on, on, on St. Louis's too. No, I'm, but what I'm saying is nobody saw that coming. So he is either, he, he, maybe he's one of those guys that's like, I knew, I, I knew they weren't going to fucking get more than three goals. Or maybe he's playing out of his mind. Either way. Doesn't matter. A hot goaltender, you can ride right to the finals. We've said this multiple times, man. And it looks like coming out of the West, that's the hot goaltender. He's beating St. Louis's ass. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's beating pretty much. That's what I'm saying. He's Nashville. Period. 
is a freight train. I don't care what team you put in front of them, they're not stopping. You say, you know, Chicago, and that was a big upset and whatnot, but then, like I just said, he played eight games. Well, Nashville has played eight games, has lost one. Well, something I think that gets lost in all the talk is that the East is supposed to be the beast in the NHL at the moment. And if you really look at series dominance between the East and the West in the playoffs this year, the West pretty much takes the cake in that. I mean, Nashville swept Chicago. St. Louis gave one game to to, uh, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Anaheim handled, you know, Calgary. And the only series that went six games was Oilers and Sharks in the in the in the East. All of them went six games except for Pittsburgh and the and the Blue Jackets. And I'm surprised the Blue Jackets even won that game. To be honest with you, that's a team that's like really we're just happy to be here. So, you know, we might be watching. We might be looking at a shift in power in the NHL itself, to where just like in the '90s, the West is going to be dominant as fuck again. You know, it it yeah. just yeah. It really, it really looks that way. I mean, you got McDavid coming out of Edmonton. You have Rainey making a fucking. I mean, he's making a statement this playoffs, no matter what. Tarasenko's fucking an up and coming player for, for the Blues. You got Parisi and Suter over there in Minnesota. Anaheim's Anaheim. The Sharks are sadly, I think, at at the end of their their perennial or not perennial, but but their cup run that they've been on here for, you know, X amount of years. I think they're just getting a little long in the tooth, and they're going to have to either fucking reboot or rebuild, and it'll most likely be a rebuild. You know, but still, I mean, you have a lot of fucking talent that's young and are going through the fucking wars, whereas over in the East, Ovechkin's no spring chicken, neither is Crosby. All right, Rangers, Lundquist is 35. I mean, that's... that's, But you also got Toronto coming up too, though. Toronto's probably the best, yeah, the best example of a young team coming out of the East. And what did they do? What did they have to do? I mean, they had to be Toronto for 40 years and get fucking Babcock and get Austin Matthews and, I mean, scratch and crawl into the playoffs, you know. Now you you just need a goaltender. Mm. And with everything coming up, I mean, dude – a little uh, under the radar story is that the Red Wings just signed a 23 year old goaltender to the, to uh, today or yesterday. Mm. So if they signed a goaltender, that means Morazic or Howard's going bye bye. And you got to remember, we got the expansion draft coming up for the Vegas team, and you can only protect so many players on your team. So you're gonna you're gonna see teams getting rid of their fucking older players and leaving them unprotected. And yep. thanks for playing, Jimmy Howard. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, so there's, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because I personally don't think the Red Wings are going to be back in the playoffs in the next couple of years. I think they need to. I, they're not doing it, but I think they need to blow it up and rebuild it from the ground up. It, I, the, I see that three of the major, three of the major four uh, leagues have a lot of potential for a lot of things to be shaken up. You know, I don't see Major League Baseball doing it so much with trades and up and comings, but I definitely see it with the NBA. You're obviously going to have the Warriors. Obviously, you got the Cavs. 
But look at the Houston Rockets. You know, look what they did to San Antonio, and that's just unheard of. So they're up and coming. LA Clippers are two people away from being a powerhouse. If they get a Carmelo Anthony, they're a powerhouse. They got CP3 and Jordan. Can I call you to can I take you to task on baseball? What do you mean shit isn't coming out that's shaking people up? Last year's World Series was Cleveland and the Cubs. Those are definitely yeah, I mean, two teams that are shaking things up that are they're perennial the the shitholes. The Cubs are always in the World Series. That's not a surprise to anybody. So No, they're not. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, how high are you? You know, if we were in the same room, I'd say share it. I'd give you a piss test. I know. I'm the one in Washington where it's recreational, man. What the fuck? Are you? You're getting better shit in Wichita, apparently. It's edible. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you take what did you take one 15 minutes later said it was bullshit so you took the rest of them because you got to be high off of your ass right now dude oh i don't even want to go that route with edibles later anyways uh no i'm just saying where where it could get really exciting yeah you got the cubs in baseball but you know and cleveland indians have you have you checked on them they're still uh-huh. relevant they're still uh-huh. playing at the level they were playing and, and, They're perennial and that, losers. That Here's the bitch of it, is that the AL Central has been called the weakest division for fucking years and years and years. And the AL Central, every team in the AL Central, save for the Royals, poor Royals. I mean, We're only two years out of a World, of a world Series championship, by the way. I know. Yeah, but they I traded know. all their players as soon as they won it. They pulled, they pulled the Marlins, man. They were like, we they won did, it? They disassembled that motherfucker everybody. quick. But yeah, they're they, didn't, they, they didn't even pull a Marlins, Rich. They 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 pulled a ghetto strip job. <laughs> but I mean, you got the White Sox sitting in first. Twins, Tigers, and Indians are all a half game behind them. I mean, it's like, okay, this is the weakest division in baseball. It's the most competitive in baseball at the moment. The the, the next closest is the NL Central, where you have the Cubs and then the Cardinals and the Brewers are, are, are one game behind them, and the Pirates and the Reds are two games behind them. I mean, you know, Astros, they're four games up on the Angels to lead the West. Well, what East, about the Nationals, though? It, well, I'm getting to that. I, I'm just talking about the American League for a second. You got the Orioles and Yankees tied for first with the Sox two and a half games behind them, which it's the Sox. I mean, with, 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 the, with the star power they have on that team, they can make up two and a half games easy. Nationals, what, four and a half games up on the Phillies? Mm-hmm. I mean, they got the Phillies, Marlins, Braves, and Mets in their division. Nationals don't win the National League East. There's an there, there's a problem there with that inside the organization. You have to go to detention if you don't win it. You know, Cubs and Cubs and Cardinals. That's basically your your central. That's your slugfest in your central. And in the West, you got Diamondbacks and Rockies sitting there tied for first. Dodgers two and a half games out. Padres and Giants five and a half, six and a half respectively. See, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, and, and, it's early in the season, but I mean, it's I kind of I I kind of agree with you, Earl. Take the Yankees out. I mean, take the Orioles out. You get the you know Yankees leading the AL East. It's the Sox, Tigers, and Twins. The, the the new wild card in the Central is the Indians. Astros. I talked about them earlier. I they they said this was their year they were building for, and so far it looks like they knew what they were talking about. Nationals. Nationals have been underachievers for years now. They should have been fucking making deep playoff runs, and they just haven't. Cubs are the Cubs. Cardinals are the Cardinals. The Rockies? Who the fuck saw the Rockies sitting in fucking first place after 26 games? <laughs> Larry Walker. 
<laughs> this is the only motherfucker. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, the, it, it, the NL East is the only uh, division where the second place team is under 500. Everybody else, I mean, if you look at all these divisions, everyone else is within what? A, a game, a half a game? I think the biggest gap is what? Two and a half games? Other than, uh, well, no, four games. But still, even in the AL West, the LA Angels, they're still above 500. So is the new turd division, the NL East? I, to me, baseball is the start of the season's exciting. The, the shine wears off. You get into late May and the June swoon, and those are, and, and then All Star break. And between late May and the All Star break is like really the grind. It's the games that if you're a player, I, this is pure speculation on my part. I'd imagine you're tempted to take a day off, but you really can't because after the All Star break, now you're waiting for the trade deadline. Now you're playing to decide whether your team's going to be a buyer or a seller. After the trade trade deadline, it's a fucking mad dash to the fucking to the last game of the season because you don't want to end up playing in that wild card game because you're going to have to throw your number one pitcher out there, which means even if you win that series, that one game playoff, you start the next series with your second best pitcher, at least if that's the strategy you're going for. If you're the Tigers in 2009 in the game 163, you, you throw rookie Rich Porcello out there. <laughs> but, I mean, baseball's baseball. Right now it's like, eh. You know, it is everybody feeling everybody out, and you got some teams like the Rangers. Uh, what the fuck? Seriously, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Hasn't this team been fucking a threat in the playoffs for the last five, six years? Where the fuck they go? They were in the World Series in two thousand ten. That's seven years ago now. Yeah, I tend to forget that seven years is a long time in the, in the sports world these days. It's not like the old days where, you know, Al Kaline, when they drafted him, you knew he was going to be there until he was so old that there was a bird shitting on his shoulder like he's a statue in right field. So, yeah. And with the NBA, uh, it, it's the West is the powerhouse. It's like you got to see. hockey, motherfucker? <laughs> there we were. We're talking about them all. We're you talking know about the verbal how they're coming date, up and different of of the, uh, you know. He handed you. He handed us. Teams. He handed us the GHB so he could get us to do what we want. You know how he <laughs> is. The verbal date rapist strikes again. You know he's gonna fucking. Hey, we're gonna talk about hockey. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, wonderful. Crosby sucks. And uh, did you see the NBA? Did you miss the NBA segment? <laughs> yeah, Phil, we were there. Did, didn't know you wanted to, to help out. Welcome to the party, Mister Helper. <laughs> Oh man, this is definitely this. Well, it's a jumbo sized. Yeah, I say, dude, we're, it's history for us. This is definitely our longest podcast. I would say the longest podcast released by the network, but we can't compete with a seven-hour episode about Conan the Barbarian with the projection booth. We just can't. We can't compete with. That. <laughs> I am not exaggerating, dude. Dude, seven they have hours? a seven-hour episode on Conan the Barbarian. Okay, hold I, on a I, sec. Doesn't doesn't Schwarzenegger have like five lines in that movie? What are you talking seven hours? I gotta listen to that now. I mean, I'll have and to schedule a whole day, but <laughs> right? He, he didn't even say I'll be back in that movie. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> there was no chopper. 
How do you talk they, about Conan they, for seven hours? They must have spent an hour and a half on James Earl Jones' shitty transformation into the snake. That, that must have, <laughs> it must have been it. <laughs> well, I know my one buddy, he used to be on it, and he still guests on it every now and then. He said their rule is like Fight Club. Like, the podcast should go long, should go on as long as it needs to go. And they, they proved it with that one. But we're getting there with this one. We're I was definitely say, I, I, I think four-hour mark. Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we kind of uh, subscribe to that theory too. <laughs> At least on on Sporgy here. See, yeah. this is you know what's scary. If this had been the afternoon one, and no one's old lady was telling them to get off because you know you've been doing you played with your friends on your podcast long enough. Now it's time to pay that her attention. We could have gone five six hours. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, really you guys scary. are laughing. You know what sucks is I got to be at work at two and a half hours. Damn. Well, the crack pipe you've been hitting will give you enough energy to get through the fucking workday, dude. <laughs> the crack pipe. I am 350 pounds. If I'm smoking crack, I am doing it all wrong. <laughs> you're getting the wrong crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're taking back your dealer. Hey, this doesn't work. I'm still 350. When, when you're when you're when you're boiling it up and shit and making it, you're not only putting baking soda in there. You're putting brown sugar and you know and <laughs> chocolate chips and shit. Like this is chocolate Vanilla chip extract. Crack. Like, ooh, this tastes like, like, ooh, famous Amos. Ooh. <laughs> Don't worry, man. Keep smoking that fucking cookie-flavored crack. You'll be skinning in no time. <laughs> I'm high, but I'm full as fuck. What happened? It's like you're vaping rock. <laughs> Bro, you want a donut? No, I just ate, sniffed, I smoked. I don't know what I did. I, it happened. So how'd you lose all the weight? Well, I infused... <laughs> Dessert flavors in the crack rocks. Whenever I'm hungry, I just smoke a rock, and I'm not hungry no more. Oh, actually, that's, amazing. Actually, that's not funny because I just lost a whole bunch of weight. And people see me, they're like, "Damn, you lost a lot of weight. What happened?" I was, I got unemployed, bitch. <laughs> Eating out no more. Have to eat at home. The ramen. Yeah, bologna sandwiches don't offer as much nutrition as you know, say well, restaurant. You has money for bologna, bitch. PB and J. Damn. <laughs> Lunch and meat? Nah. <laughs> see, people, see people, people, go hit the donate button on ChristopherMedia.net, everybody. Donate, all right? Hit the feed ice the man. ice man. <laughs> yeah, feed the ice man. He's only a scant 350 pounds. <laughs> all six foot four of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, send, send me a steak or something that I can cook up in this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, but... For real, though, everybody, thanks for listening. The numbers are in from April. Again, best month ever. So, and hey, Jamie Kennedy, I see you on Twitter. You added us to a list that said something about good comedians or something like that. Did not go unnoticed. I don't know what the first okay. Jamie Kennedy is. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck Jamie Kennedy listening to this podcast. Wait, yeah, let me see if bring it up real quick. Yes. Trust me, I didn't Jamie Kennedy listen to Sporgy. Figure that shit out. <laughs> let, me, let me see real quick yeah jamie kennedy added you to a list top comedians and it is the jamie kennedy he's got his little blue verify thing and everything he's got like one hundred and twenty-five thousand followers well if if he's listening to this episode this this jumbo sized episode i just want to say jamie showgirls is my favorite scary movie also <laughs> wait what if you Obviously, you're not a fan of Malibu's <laughs> no, Most Wanted. It's from Scream 2, dipshit. Yeah, I got it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah, uh, Elvis was wanted just came on Netflix. I have to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I, I I saw it today, literally for the first time in a while. Yeah, but thanks to everybody who's been retweeting, sharing. Hey, this the little sports podcast that could, you know, we're we're getting out of the realm of little. Maybe we start the lower end of medium, <laughs> but we'll see. But you can follow us at Sporty Podcast on Twitter. Email the show Sporty at ChristopherMedia.net. We're on Instagram Sporty underscore Podcast. And it's been almost four hours, so we'll just stop talking and say we'll see you next week. All right, later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.